0: It's time for Twit This Week in Tech. Great panel for you. Jason Heiner is here from CNET. Larry Magid from Connect Safely. And from uh, Consumer Reports, I'm really excited. Nicholas DeLeon, he's their senior electronics reporter. There's lots to talk about. Who would pay $69 million for a JPEG? Well, apparently someone would. It's the third largest price ever for a living artist. Unbelievable. We'll also talk about who we think did it and what the real reason behind it is. Uh, Some good news for internet users in rural areas. We'll talk about that and watch out. Time to stop sharing your Netflix password. They're cracking down. It's all coming up next on TWIT. Podcasts you love.
1: From people you trust.
0: This This is TWIT. Twit. This is Is Twit This Week at Tech, episode 814, recorded Sunday, March 14th, 2021, imbued with Musk. This Week at Tech is brought to you by Forward Networks. Forward Networks reduces business risk by revolutionizing the way large networks are managed. Their advanced software delivers a digital twin of your network, a completely accurate mathematical model in software. Get a demo at forwardnetworks.com slash twit. And by Podium. Find out how Podium can help your business reach more customers. Get started today free at podium.com slash twit. And by ExtraHop. When cyber criminals get past your business's defenses, you need a plan for detection and response. Learn more about how ExtraHop stops breaches 84% faster and explore their interactive demo at extrahop.com slash twit. And by ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN is an app that reroutes your internet connection through their secure servers so your ISP can't see the sites you visit. For three extra months free with a one-year package, go to expressvpn.com slash twit. It's time for Twit This Week in Tech, the show where we cover the week's tech news news. With the best people I can find on short notice. Uh, no, it's the best people in tech journalism. Like, well, like Jason Heiner, editorial director at CNET. Hi, Jason. Hey, a pleasure to be here, for, as always. For many years, my dear friend at Tech Republic. Uh, now you've been moved upstairs. <laughs> is that right? Uh,
1: yes, it's CNET now, which is uh, great.
0: Is Love CNET upstairs from Tech Republic?
1: Um, I mean, it, it's a, it's a, obviously it's a much bigger brand, right? It's like 10x the size of the brand. Um, it was Tech all Republic's. owned by ZDNet. Actually, it was opposite. CNET bought <laughs> ZDNet and Tech Republic. Okay, so, so you yeah.
0: were originally ZDNet. Yeah. You got bought by CNET, which then got bought by that by the bigger fish, which is Verizon, right? <laughs> so See, yeah. first it was CBS <laughs>
1: and then CBS recently um, in, the, in last by, by, fall. By Red
0: Ventures. No, I'm confused. By Red Ventures. Oh, you're Red That's Ventures right. now. You got it. Okay. That's right. So Red, Red Ventures. Ventures bought ZDNet, CNET, all the CBS Interactive properties. That's correct. It's very yes. confusing. So sometimes you we know, you know, have you know, people on, now? like when Devendra Hardwar from from Gadgets on, he, he has to say, well, I can't talk about that. I work for Verizon. But I don't think we have to worry about a conflict of interest with Red Ventures. I don't think there's anything.
1: No. Okay. No. Uh, No corporate parent that is, you know,
0: connected with any tech company. Um, Perfect. So there you go. love that. Here's another guy that used to work for CBS. Larry Maggot is here. He's now Mr. Are you still at
2: the BBC at the Beeb? Uh, Yeah. I do occasional stuff. But the problem was that they wanted exclusivity for global television. And I can make more money doing reports for Al Jazeera. And so I told them I would. So I go on their air once in a while, but more of like a freelance analyst.
0: I love this. I'm going to start yeah. saying Al Jazeera's
2: Larry Maggot. No, no, don't do That'll that. will win you friends. Not, I mean, I'm not ashamed of it. It's actually, a, no, actually are surprisingly is, good. They're very good. Famous. Shouldn't but be surprised. My yeah. My brand is now ConnectSafely.
0: ConnectSafely.org. That's right. Been there for, that was, did you start it? You were one
2: of the I founders. co-founded it in yeah. 2005 wow. and it's grown. And actually we had a good 2020, surprisingly, and we're doing fine. So I have been
0: for the last 40 years, I think, a subscriber to Consumer Reports. In fact, mm-hmm. I have to say Consumer Reports influenced very much how I do my tech coverage. For one thing. Uh, they don't take ads and they buy the products they review. Now, I still have to take ads. I tried not to, but it didn't work. Uh, but I do try to buy the products we review. And I was really thrilled. Uh, the other day I got an email from Nicolas DeLeon, who is their senior electronics reporter, to talk about something we'd had on uh, an earlier show. And I said, Nicholas, I'm a longtime subscriber and member. I love Consumer Union, the, the parent organization. Come on the show.
3: And he and his brick wall have agreed. Welcome. Yes. It's great to have Hello. you, Hello. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Leo. It's funny you say that CR has kind of inspired you. I uh, am a big fan of yours going back, way back. I am not exaggerating when I say that Call for Help back in the day oh my was God. appointment viewing <laughs> oh my God. Uh, for me. So this is really quite <laughs> Now I'm feeling old.
0: <laughs> now I'm being old. Call for Help was one of two shows uh, I did on Tech TV, and it was the one that got saved by the Canada Canada's uh tech tv and kept doing it up there in Toronto for a while so it's nice to meet you Nicholas thank you for coming on my um, pleasure this I, I gotta start with this story because it's just crazy we've been talking a lot about NFTs of late non-fungible tokens <laughs> and which are in some weird way related to crypto currencies and in some weird way related to blockchain in fact, I, I've had, we've had many explainers over the last three weeks, and I still don't really get it. Uh, we, in fact, had uh, Trey Radcliffe, the, the, the very talented photographer, on, on Wednesday on This Week in Google, because he's doing some NFTs of his work. And I thought, well, maybe he can explain it. No one can explain it. And then <laughs> the other shoe dropped. Uh, this week at Christie's, which is the big uh, auction site for, for art, a, a creator of art named Beeple sold one of his JPEGs. It's a digital creation for sixty-nine million dollars. Uh, is it dollars or is it crypto? Well, it's worth sixty-nine million. Whatever it is, uh, it is the yeah. it is the third largest price paid for a living artist. Beeple is up there now with Jeff Koons and David Hockney. Sixty nine. Now nine. To be fair, nine point three million dollars went to Christie's, which immediately, I'm sure, turned the Ethereum into American cold hard cash. Sixty million of it was uh, bid by uh, an anonymous bidder using a pseudonym, although we think we now know who it is, and I'll explain that in just a second. Sixty million dollars. What did you get for the sixty million? Did you get something you can hang on your wall? No. Did you get? Did you get? What did you get? You got. You didn't even get the JPEG. I guess you get you could have the JPEG. You got it a an address which would give you this JPEG, which by the way consists of five thousand images that people has taken. He does a daily art image over the last uh, well, since two thousand seven, whatever that is, fourteen years. So I mean, it's you know, it's kind of the collected works of people. <laughs> um, but you don't even really get anything except a a token a thing that says you own it. It could be infinitely reproduced. You can print it. Anybody can print it, but you own it. Only you can own it, and that's a, that's a affirmed on the blockchain. Sixty million dollars. Now, the guy who bought it uses the name Medikovan, but uh, Amy Castor, who I, I don't know from Adam, but wrote in the blog and I convinced me that that, in fact, is a crypto entrepreneur who's been on the scene for about seven years, named Vignesh Sundarasan. And furthermore, Amy Castor kind of explained for the first time to me what's really going on here. So it wasn't uh, MetaCoVan's own Ethereum that he spent. In effect, he created a, another crypto bundle called B.20 bought the painting with that and is selling shares, bits, fractional portions of the Beeple artwork to other people. Mm. In other words, step three, profit. Fifty nine. He owns 59% of B.20. Notice who else owns it. Beeple owns a 2% stake. So in effect, Beeple bought his own painting or part of his own painting. Um, Not that there's any conflict of interest there, or is there? But really, I think if there is, if in your mind there is some question, and I'll ask you guys now to comment. But if there's in your mind some question about what the hell is, how could, how could a JPEG be worth sixty-nine point three million dollars, and why would somebody named Metacovan spend that kind of money on a JPEG? It now becomes clear he's going to make money on it because. He's in effect selling shares in this to other but
2: why people. Why would anybody buy a share of the JPEG? What <laughs> would you do with it? I mean, the absurdity of the whole thing is the, absur- the idea of owning a piece of it is even harder for me to get my head around. Well,
0: I guess uh, I could liken it to a Hannes Wagner baseball card, um, which is, on the face of it, a piece of cardboard that's worth absolutely nothing, except it isn't. It's worth yep. $3 million. Yep. Dollars, right. Yep. Because there's only nine of them. And I would bet you most of the people who have Honus Wagner cards really weren't Pittsburgh Pirates fans in the twenties that that wasn't that wasn't what got them to buy that card. They bought that card because they presumed it would go up in value, yeah right It's speculation is this the beanie babies of our generation yes, exactly yeah. yep, yeah by yep. the way, if anybody wants to buy my daughter's beanie babies right. <laughs> i have a large collection i never unfortunately you know i'd bring them home and i'd say don't open that it's worth money she'd open it play with it that's you've ruined it you've destroyed it take take photos of them and turn them 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 into nfts (laughs) do you have you have you had occasion to explain nicholas uh to friends and family members what the hell's going on here And, and
3: if you have what words do you use Right. Uh, well, no, I have pitched this story to CR. It is a little obscure. Well, it was until this past not obscure. Started-
0: Sixty nine million dollars.
3: No, I, I hear you. I it's hear worth you. More uh, than a hot I day. started pitching this NFT stuff uh, maybe about a month ago because I, I am sort of fascinated by all this cryptocurrency stuff. Uh, but yeah, I guess my sort of take is when people ask, uh, you know, friends, families, like, I don't, you know, I don't get it. Why would you pay $69 million for a JPEG? It's like, that's fine, sure. Uh, but like, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm not big into, but I'm inside the NBA Top Shop Discord uh, all day. And there are like thousands of people in there. who Have you purchased any uh, NBA highlights? Uh yes, i ten dollars worth. I haven't even opened the pack yet, to be honest. Uh, what I do you get? It. Oh,
0: I'm really curious. They spent. By the yeah. way, they've sold two hundred million dollars worth of NBA yeah. highlights. This is the yeah. NBA. Sold shocked out. them. Yeah. Does some yeah. of that money go to the players in the in the
3: highlight? I have no idea, to be honest. Uh, I don't know the, the two hundred million. To that, uh, but it, I kind of liken it to like digital trading cards. It, it, it's like it's no different than if I were to play. Uh, you know, Magic the Gathering or Hearthstone right. for World of War. It's like, oh, I get this card. Uh, I think I think it might it almost might also be an age thing, too, where it's like to a kid, you know, having an NBA highlight on his phone that he could show his friends and that he could and say, say oh, I, I own, own it. this. Right. Whatever that means. It doesn't actually really matter. His friends are impressed by it. He feels cool that he right. owns it, quote unquote. Which highlight uh, did you buy? I'm curious, Nicholas. Uh, I d- I didn't even open the packet. To <laughs> you I don't leave. even know what you got. I, I hope it's a a good one I guess uh but yeah like if if kids are into it if if they think it's neat, it's like I don't know why why do I have to like outsmart that kid He's like he's having fun he's you know that's fine, that seems okay to me right. so that's how I try to explain it to people. It's like it is very weird, it's kind of odd, you know sixty nine million dollars maybe there's some like greater scheme behind it as you there is a scheme out. actually there i mean in this Report. case there
0: is absolutely.
3: And, and that, this sort of goes back to, there was CryptoKitties in 2017. Yeah, where it's, just like it's just yeah. like yeah. Crypto Where trading digital hats. CryptoKitties is still around, by the way. You yeah. Could, you could it's still all buy. very interesting. And it's all like, what's very interesting to me about all this NFT, it's, it's happening now. This is like literally happening in real time. I can go into the NBA Top Shop Discord and see this like unfurling before my eyes. So what are the, in there, do they say like, anybody want a... Uh,
0: I don't know what, uh, uh it's, it's everything. Michael it's, Jordan, it's, uh, nothing but net three pointer. Anybody want that? Uh, I got it from, uh, right. the 1967, you know,
3: whatever. So well, is that kind of stuff? Of, is that
0: the kind of dialogue? It's that, that in type
3: there? of stuff. There's, you know, there's technical complaints. People saying, why does it take so long for it to come? People complaining about bots. When it comes, uh, what know. comes? Does something come in the mail? You go to the website and you go to the little section of the website and then you, you get like a digital card pack. Like if you like you said a second ago, you're buying like trading cards. Right. It's kind of virtual trading cards. Oh, so you, you were able to open. buy it
0: sight unseen. You don't know what you got.
3: Oh, I have no idea. I, I'm going to yeah. open the pack. Uh, Is this if a limited edition? Do, do you own do it? it, or, it. I mean, are yeah, you, no one else can have that. You OK, you have an exclusive
2: Access I have a lot. Li- it, it, it,
3: this is where it does get sort of interesting. It's like I don't own the NBA owns this. This is the NBA's like intellectual property. I I think at most you can say is that I have a license uh, to say that this particular instance of this LeBron James play belongs to me. Uh, if is that worth, you know, a thousand dollars to you, to, to you, to me? I don't know. But to the guy who bought it, I guess it is because he paid a thousand dollars for it. But belongs Uh, is an interesting word. Right, yeah.
2: Belongs
0: is... So, for instance, here's a perfect replication of a Hannes Wagner $3 million worth baseball card. I could print this out, put it on a piece of cardboard, I'd have it. It's not worth $3 million because it's not real. Uh, So, one of the things that happens with NFTs is there is authentication. You can say with authority, this is signed by the NBA, I own whatever this is that i own
3: right it's kind of it's sort of likened to like a digital autograph where you could say okay this you know yeah of course you could just take a screenshot and share it you know put it on twitter who cares or or whatever the case may be uh but this has been uh kind of authenticated this has been blessed by this is this is digitally signed or autographed it's imbued with 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 like special (laughs) characteristics that People get a kick out of, uh, and that's kind of where we are. And people are trying to, you know, wrap their heads around. Like, I don't understand. Why would you even care? It's a valid question, but people do. And I don't know. It's kind of, it's kind of neat, I guess. I love the word imbued. It's like,
0: yeah. And, uh, and that boot was imbued with magic by Harry Potter. It's just, uh, you know, it's like that. Yes, imbued in that sense. Um, well, you know, I'm honored to know that you uh, you would spend five dollars on a NBA
3: top shot. I think it was ten. To <laughs> ten. Be, to well, be, all right. Let's yeah. be fair. And I haven't even. I hope they're. I hope they're good. I'm a very <laughs> casual NBA fan at best. So we'll we'll see. Oh, if day, you get if
0: you get Steph Curry three pointer, I'll, I'll I'll buy it for twenty. You've doubled your money.
3: I'll consider it. There's a marketplace, so maybe you'll have to bid with other. Maybe maybe there's a you oh. know a scramble for that. Yeah, card, if you were smart. We'll if you were that's smart, the other, that's Kind of the other part of the appeal of it is like you know you do you own it who do you you know that you know that's a little hazy but you do have the right to kind of flip it where it's like okay I've got this LeBron James or Steph Curry play uh, I'll put it on the NBA Topshop marketplace and someone else can buy it you know if I paid let's say hundred dollars for it and this person wants to pay five hundred dollars for it uh, well now I've just made four hundred dollars so there is that kind of speculative right. get rich quick and it does feel very. Very young. It just feel like a lot of like kids are into this. Where there's kind of that that, that like flipping culture, or you know, it's they were simply, the people who bought much, GameStop
0: uh, two months ago. And, oh yes, it yeah, feels right. like there's yep. a lot
3: of overlap between that yeah. type of person uh, who you know get rich quick. This is kind of fun, weird internet stuff, right. uh, which is probably why I, you you struggle to see kind of like mainstream outlets explain what this is because this is like weird internet culture young people doing stuff that we don't quite understand. You
0: just don't get it, man. You're too old to get it, man. (laughs) Jason, is this does this remind you of ICOs and uh and other kind of blockchain related thing? Mm, I mean ICOs kind of got in trouble, remember initial coin offerings? That's true. Yeah.
1: I I think it I think it has more legs than ICOs. Um I, I think that in this case, this is trying to solve a problem. So the web, as we know it, was not built for privacy. Um, was not built for, uh, you know, um, exclusivity. Like yeah. when we look at, at a web page, when we look at when we an image or a video, we're not looking at the original, right? It's always copies. We're downloading constantly, downloading copies. That's how the web was architected, and so that has a number of challenges. Around transferring value, so that's why um, blockchain came along and Bitcoin. Um, and this is a similar phenomenon because you, in the real world, if you have, you know, if someone owns the Mona Lisa, the Louvre in, in in France owns the Mona Lisa. There are copies of the Mona Lisa everywhere, right? You can buy them very cheaply, but there is only one, and it is. Uh, you know, it it exists there. You have to go there to see it. People go and pay a lot of money to go all the way to France and then to, you know, go to the Louvre and they want to see that one, even though it looks just like, (laughs) um, as a matter of fact, the the ones that you've seen a thousand other places, right? (laughs) Why is that? Because we place – because people place a certain value on the one-of-a-kindness of it. Right. And and this is the same – this is the digital version of that one-of-a-kindness using cryptography, using blockchain um, technology to create this one-of-a-kindness around digital assets. And so – just as you said, you know there there's certain types of valuable non fungible. Fungible is a word we don't use very often, but fungible just means like transferable, right? So a fungible asset is like my twenty dollar bill and your twenty dollar bill, um, Leo. They're worth the same. We could switch them, and they right. th- the value is exactly the same. But n- and that's so that's a fungible asset. A non fungible asset is one where I have a Beanie Baby and you have the Beanie Babies, and mine's worth five bucks and yours is worth five hundred bucks, or my baseball. Card cards worth, you know, uh, 20 cents and the one you've got the Honus Wagner, which is worth millions. And so, you know, the value of these things is like anything that they don't really have any intrinsic value other than in some sense, supply and demand, but then also just how much people value them and the value of those things changes over time. So I think, it's just a big way of saying there we're going to see lots of this. And I think we're at the very beginning and it is going to be super interesting to watch. There's going to be people that make money. There's going to be people who lose a lot of money. Um, One of the other things that we haven't talked about that's kind of interesting is the idea of selling digital real estate. Uh, and so if you remember, I'm sure all, everybody on this call remembers yeah. second, life, second life, right? There, there right. was like, Oh, yeah. Remember Second Life? Well, now there are other versions of that where like Earth 2, so Earth2.io, one of my colleagues was telling me about this this week, where you can go and literally buy property um in in Earth 2. And the interesting thing is, um, you know, even people are buying all kinds of things on there. And and it's even just in the past few months, the, the base value is doubled. It used to be $25 per kind of block. Like um, to buy my house in my yard is like four blocks, so it now it's fifty dollars per block. So it would cost me two hundred bucks to buy my house essentially in Earth Two, and anybody can go on there and do it. And people are already buying, you know, stadiums and famous, you know, landmarks and all this. I was gonna, I was like, well, you know what? I'll go in there and I'll buy the shopping center. There's like this one really nice shopping center, um, shopping area. Uh, here in in Louisville, where I am, and I was like, "Well, I'll get that because that could actually, if, if this ends up taking off, it can be worth value. It's it would be like thirty grand for me to buy. It's like, it's like playing well, monopoly. Okay. It's like
2: monopoly, you know, Boardwalk and Park Place, right? It's right. It's right. Yeah. So it, it's yeah. is really interesting to they charge. To look rent? at Wouldn't this people visit your yeah. shopping center? Yeah. exactly
0: well, that, in your shopping center. It yeah. really does. What it does is makes you think about well, what it, what do these words mean? Belong. And uh, and uh, w- uh, you know ownership and yeah. tangible versus uh, intangible, fungible versus what do these words mean? And what do, why do we ascribe value to some things and others? I, Larry, I think our generation looks at this and says, "No, I don't want to even think about well, you it." You know, I just, this I is just you crazy kids talking.
2: because it's nuts. If you talk about it, you know, I I have a record collection. I used to buy records. Now I didn't own the copyright to you know the record, oh, but you own album, the vinyl. I own the vinyl now. I mean, I can't remember the last time I paid money. You know, I just pay my ten dollars a month to Spotify and get all my music. But does that devalue the music? Because you don't have to go out. It certainly devalues it in my mind, in a sense. I used to. I remember when, you know, it was a lot of money at the time. I would save up my money as a team. Ironically, these albums. Music has become fungible. (laughs) Yeah. Ironically. The other thing is, you think about diamonds, why are diamonds so expensive? Yeah, that's well, made up. Rare. It's completely yeah, made it, up. There is an
0: industrial value to diamonds, but it turns out s- uh, synthetic diamonds are just as, inve- in fact, maybe even more so industrially. That's what I Who t- who's I'm talking? Siri. <laughs> <laughs> Siri said that's what I figured. Okay, Siri. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Siri has an opinion <laughs> on this, apparently. Uh, but uh, yeah, dime, yeah, that. that's, in fact, of course, as we know, the uh, beers worked very hard to create artificial scarcity right. so that diamonds right. would be worth
2: something. Um, And of course I have, I have artwork with, I have some signed prints, you know, one of 20, one of a hundred, and you have to trust that the artist doesn't actually run off more because there's, you know, who would, who would know, but you know, there's always been a market in that. It's, it is, it is
0: tempting for uh, a certain generation and I'll put Larry and I and me in that generation to say, oh, this is just those crazy digital kids yeah, <laughs> uh, this has nothing to do with a real work and a dollars pay for a dollars work and all of that. And get uh, off my
2: virtual. Get work. off my virtual.
0: <laughs> and yet, <laughs> frankly, money has always been this way. Money's made up. A dollar bill has no yep. intrinsic value. Right. It's only because right. we say it does. Uh,
3: that and, to me yep. is also what's. Sorry, sorry to cut you. It's also that it's connected to to blockchain and and all this all these cryptocurrencies. You know, we've had you know Bitcoin has been around roughly for ten years and sort of like mainstream news coverage uh and you know why is that worth anything why well because people because we have it decided is. that it's yeah. it's worth something right and, and right. if you try to have a conversation with someone who refuses to like meet you halfway and be like well i don't get it this is weird it's like okay that's that's fine but some number of people have decided that bitcoin is worth roughly sixty thousand yeah. dollars today.
0: that's what's amazing uh, yeah <laughs> there you <laughs> yeah. go it's, it's gone up uh in fact I laughed when Elon Musk's Tesla bought 1.5 billion dollars in Bitcoin they made a billion dollars on that investment already if they sold today the question is is it going up more or is it going to plummet or and no one knows because it's pure speculation it uh, it's tulip bulbs it's it's
2: uh but don't you feel like an idiot I, if you aren't if you didn't buy in early and you see all these people making hundreds of millions of dollars on small well, investments and I know, think I
0: that's actually it. what's going on is that a lot of this money that's floating around for NFTs is Bitcoin billionaires. People who's who made and there are many who made a lot of money on Bitcoin pure out of pure luck. <laughs> I mean, really. And they and they need something else to invest in. And so they're buying NFTs. I always, I just feel like the bubble will burst at some point, but, but maybe yeah. maybe not. I mean,
2: you know, it's interesting, PayPal is now selling crypto. I, I noticed that accidentally the other day, I went onto yeah. PayPal to pay somebody some money, and there was a crypto link, and I clicked on it, and I have never bought crypto before, but because they made it so, so easy., wow. I dabbled. I mean, I didn't buy enough that if I lose the money, I'm going right. to sweat over it, but now it's tempting every time I go on PayPal. It's very to buy more crypto. Because there
0: are people who uh, have Bitcoin that cost them, you know, five bucks. It's now worth 500,000 bucks.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Mine's gone up by a few pennies since I bought it last night. I mean, it's kind of funny. You (laughs) can actually watch it go up and down in almost real time. I'm
0: just checking Jack Dorsey's first tweet, (laughs) uh, which he tweeted March 21st, 2006, uh, almost exactly 15 years ago. It'll be 15 years ago when this auction ends. Uh, Currently... $2.5 Two point five million dollars is the uh, is the bid, and there's a little, as you can see, there's a bidding war. The second highest bid is kind of interesting. Justin Suntron, he is the creator of the Tron uh, Bitcoin currency. He was also bidding for Beeple's sixty million dollar painting, and in fact, Justin Sun was pissed off. He said, "I bid." with 30 seconds left, I upped my bid to $70 million, but Christie's didn't accept it, even though there was, was uh, 20 seconds left. So he thinks he should have won that. He might, he might look back on this and say, Whew, what <laughs> I but he could still, he could still get in on the, uh, I imagine this Jack Dorsey tweet, which will continue. Uh, the auction will continue, I think through the 21st. I bet you now after that $60 million Christie's auction, this will go up by quite a bit.
2: And what do you do with this yeah. tweet once you own it? <laughs> nothing. It's <laughs> nothing. You sell it. If you're
0: lucky, you sell it. You sell it. You sell it, yeah. I mean – Well, it's, not it's a Honest Wagner, yeah. just essentially. What right. is – I mean if you, own a, if you own that baseball card or you own that Beanie Baby, I guess you could take it out and look at it once in a while. Right. Although you probably shouldn't because every time you do, you're, you're reducing yeah. the value. Um, Really, what you should do is put it in a safe and then wait till somebody offers you more and then you sell it to them. So all these guys are doing is eliminating the stuff in the safe.
1: It's in a better state. What's the value is your ability to say you own it, right? Just as if you – what's the value of you having a Honus Wagner is you to be able to tell other people who actually care about such a thing that you own a Honus Wagner. Well, in the case of Meta
0: who bought the Beeple. (laughs) yeah what a world we live in uh the value to him is what the shares he could sell and and if he can share more sells shares than he than he's put into it then
2: the value to him is real money i would be embarrassed to tell somebody that i own a multi-million dollar piece of digital real estate which has no intrinsic value i mean i i i don't know i would just seem like the people bought moon people bought
0: moon real estate right yeah. people bought real estate on mars we'll go there eventually <laughs> so people
2: say also buy that's...
1: they name stars after their
0: you know yeah. name stars
1: after their yeah, relatives not, and that's yeah. a complete
2: scam but yeah
0: there right. is also and this is there's a debate going on but there is also a, a, a societal cost to this because um, these cryptocurrencies use a lot of energy and a lot of what this speculation is going on is, and there's a big debate over this. I bet you, uh, your little your Discord, your <laughs> Top Shots Discord, they might even discuss it there. Um, there's a lot of energy wasted on calculating with proofs of work and proof of stake stuff
3: uh, in these transactions. I'm not I'm not sure that I've seen a lot of debate about no, the energy No, they're not debating <laughs> and it's on honest, that. it's a, it's an understandable uh, question and we should be talking about it. uh but I mean it, it, I would love to read that story you know talking to the kids who are buying top shots talking to the kids who are buying NFTs what does that actually enter your mind when you're purchasing this the vast energy cost I don't know that I've actually seen that interview uh, but I've seen those concerns and those are valid concerns but you have to ask the person doing the purchasing do you care uh, and the kids in the top shot room, I, I have not seen that. Then bring it up. They probably don't want to think about it. So
2: I, have, I have a question. I, I so do if wanna... I own a bar of gold and I have it in a safe and long as long as the safe isn't broken into and the building doesn't burn down, that bar of gold isn't going anywhere. Power failures, you know, you name it. Is there a way you could lose this? I mean, what if, what if these machines, you know, if we have an energy crisis and we can no longer continue to invest this energy into Bitcoin in the current, did it go away? I mean, is there some risk we could lose it? Well,
0: there's no tangible Bitcoin. All there is is the blockchain. Now, uh, NFTs are done in Ethereum, so it is somewhat different from Bitcoin. But yeah. Bitcoin, when you have a Bitcoin wallet, uh, you, the first thing you do is you download the blockchain, which at this point is well over hundred gigabytes worth of data, and the blockchain contains every transaction from the moment Satoshi Nakamoto launched this thing to the moment you you open the wallet. That's every transaction, including all the transactions you've made, but all the transactions everyone's made. So every single person who has a Bitcoin wallet has a copy of that blockchain. You yeah. can prune it. There's, I mean, there's exceptions to that, but but in effect, that blockchain is, that's the whole point. It is it is a ledger of transactions that has no central, it's not, not centralized. It's not kept by a bank. It's not kept by a federal reserve. It's kept by everybody who enga- who uses this. And so as a result, th- I think they would argue it's more safe than if you had a, uh, a gold in the safe yes. deposit
2: vault. Yeah, so my copy that's is, the, is valuable. I mean, it, it, it's I, that's what I use to validate yeah. My, yeah. my ownership. Yeah. That's right. The security yeah. and the cryptography
1: is really the trust, right? So this is decentralized trust. A lot of trust, the trust in the U.S. dollar is essentially trust in the U.S. government and that that the U.S. government will not fail, and that if something, if there is some kind of um, crash or something, that the U.S. government is backing um, the dollar. Right? That trust is in institutions today. Same thing with banks. Banks are stores of trust more than they are stores of value. Um, there's you, you put uh, money and value there because you trust they will be there, and that if you put it there, you'll be able to get it back. And it's the, it's the same way. That's the intrinsic value of Bitcoin, is that it is the most secure um, of these cryptocurrencies, or um, you know that it, it is uh, going to be there if you place value in it. And and obviously the the thing that is a question is that value has been really volatile, right? It fluctuates greatly, uh, and that will eventually even out, likely, uh, as there are more larger institutions that put more um, in it. Uh, but uh, it's really a trust game and and decentralizing trust. You know, Bitcoin came out after the bank bailouts of 2009 um, and the the sort of the failures that, that happened yeah. in the system. And it, it is trying to address that. But I do want to address one other thing is like this power issue, because I feel like this is um, the, the media re um, brings this up, this issue up again and again without very much context at all. I feel like this is a lot of FUD being driven by a, probably banking industry people because the banks use way more power than what Bitcoin mm-hmm. does. And the banks are using dirty power in most cases. And a lot of these, you know, Bitcoin Um, Things are run off of much cleaner uh, forms of energy, and they use far less energy than um, than these dirt the the dirty energy that all these bank data centers are run off of. And even if, um, you know, I think there's some accounts out there that even if Bitcoin itself. Were to mature by more than a hundred times its current size, it still would only to equal two percent of all energy consumption. Right, so th- this there's a lot of a sort of false narrative out there about this power issue, and I feel like it's getting um propagated. I don't know this, but but I I do feel like a lot of it gets propagated by the people who have a lot to lose because there's a lot of There are a lot of institutions that have a lot to lose if Bitcoin starts to replace fiat currency uh, over the next um, five to ten years, which it is likely to do. Fiat currencies as well as as gold as a store of value. That's a a really interesting point.
2: Anybody know what this is? You recognize this, Leo? <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> it's called a bank book.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, when I, I you would have, put money in your savings you know, account, the man, teller would record. write in there your deposit. That's your ledger so, right there. <laughs> in 1982,
2: yeah. there I had $500 worth of value. Now, the sad part is this bank has gone out of business, Oh. and I have no idea what this $500 would be worth today if I could actually collect it. Uh, Oh, wow. And the state of Massachusetts has no record of it, unfortunately. Oh, dear. But that's Uh, the bad news. But the good news is it is written down in black and white. I love it that you have your bank book still, (laughs) your savings book. I still have it. Awesome. They They don't do that anymore, do they? Oh, God, no. No, what I do do, and this, call me paranoid. So here's my folder of all my savings. So I can use it. Savings account. I can't see it. Anyway, um, because I do worry that one day I'm going to log into my checking account or my investment account and that money that I know is there for whatever reason won't show up. Well, but but see, and this is
0: why us oldsters don't want to think about this. Because the truth is that money isn't there. Of course. yeah. <laughs> There's no money anywhere. That's bits. There's a record of it. There's a right. record of it is all that exists. Yep. And it's a record that is probably less reliable than blockchain. Uh, <laughs> your, your bank book's proof of that. That bank book has a record that you have $500. Good luck finding it. If it were on the blockchain, at least you you know you'd be able to claim it. So, I I I think that one of the problems with this is it raises issues that make people not want to. I mean, I do think there's an energy issue. I I, I agree with you, Jason. It's it could be that's cleaner energy. Um, there's a very good article by uh, Everest Pipkin and on Medium where uh, he claims that uh, Ethereum, which has always supposedly been moving to the more ecologically friendly proof of stake hasn't yet, never will. It's kind of one of those someday things. But it uses, I think, uh, 24 terawatts of power a year. University of uh, New Mexico study estimated about 50 cents in ecological damage for every dollar of Bitcoin generated. That's half. So I, I think that you could say that there is a consequence to this. Maybe it isn't a problem, but it's got to be something to be thought about. And it is, But I think it's the same. So I'm sorry, Leo, you're right. The banks are also dirty. I agree. I agree. I
1: mean, you, you have to apply it equally. I think though, if it's like, I, I, I understand like we should be very responsible about the way we use power and we should be always looking for ways to make it more efficient. Yeah. But you know, we have to apply the same thing. Like, the ways that we have to apply it to say, every time you buy a new car, yeah. here's how Think much about energy, yeah. you know, you including are an, including um, an electric draining car. from the system, yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. right? Yeah, no, right. I, so I so just bought, bought
0: a new electric car, and of course, yeah. it's a ridiculous uh, personal ownership of automobiles is economically her- horrific. You know, mm-hmm. it's they get used. You know, maybe one tenth or one twentieth. Of the time. They just sit there for most of the time. There's no it's no there's no good economic justification for that. So I think you're right, Jason, in the sense that these this 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 all this crypto stuff is just new. And so, oh, gosh, you know, it's economic ecologically devastating. But the familiar ecologically devastating stuff that we do every single day we go well that's you know that's life (laughs)
1: that's (laughs) normal (laughs) right it's just how much water i use every you know day in our house you know we don't think about the the impact of that right or or the fact that we you know are are recycling but we we don't have any place to send that recycling to china is not buying our recycling anymore so really most of that's actually going in the trash so we feel good about recycling
0: but it's 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 really not doing anything yeah yeah, yeah. So, so all You're the kind are of person understand. nobody invites to a party, by the way. Stop telling us. <laughs> no, that's no good. Don't mention that. <laughs> nobody wants to know that. No, actually, that's I think to me, that's why this whole thing is interesting. It challenges a lot of our uh, accepted notions of what belonging mm. is, what value is, what environmental, you know, uh, protection is.
3: That's why I love it too. You know, I have friend, you know, talking to Bitcoin, cryptocurrencies. They just refuse to, to, to get it. They don't, they, they, you know, a dollar you can hold, you know, I can go to the store. I can buy a cup of coffee. It's, it's real to them, yeah. but they refuse to accept that. That, you know, the reason why that's real is because a certain, you know, quorum of people have decided that it yeah. is real and we use it and we, we run with it. Yeah. But why can't we decide that Bitcoin is worth something or right. or right. Ethereum or, or, or right. Bunny Coins or whatever the heck or it is? NBA uh, Top Shot yeah, exactly. Highlights. Yeah. That to me is yeah. super interesting, that like debate or the, that like processing that we all do. Like what, like what stepping, zooming out, like what, what is actually happening here and, and how do we think about this stuff? So that's it's truly thing.
0: fascinating. And and as, yeah. as I said, I don't think people of my age or Larry's age really want to think about the fact that we're hoping to retire on something that is really just bits <laughs> poorly <laughs> kept in some bank's ledger. You know, I mean, there is right. no, you know, I think that's why there was for a long time. Let's get back to the gold standard as if somehow tying the dollar to gold would somehow make it real, make it tangible, make it something. Yeah. But, right. It's not. It's just another thing. Another, gold is no, the industrial value of gold is nowhere near the, the you know, $3,500 to of mine. So, as you know, Leo, yeah. I
2: bought a, a Tesla a couple of years ago, and the Tesla is worth, according to now Kelly Blue Book, I spent about 60 for it. It's worth about 36 now. But $10,000 of that value is software, is the autopilot, you know, the full self-driving software, which has actually no value because Tesla can recreate it anytime they want. And so you know the idea that that a, something like a third of the value of my car is something completely intangible. Yeah. You know, basically and, and you Musk, you yeah. you bought
0: a golf cart that had the gloss of uh, Elon Musk. The it was right. imbued <laughs> with it was with the, imbued, it was exactly. the magic of Musk. You, and and I bought one too, by the way. I'm not. Gonna, I got a Model X. I would spend a lot more than that. Um, and he claims <laughs> it's going to go up in value, which which is
2: it's absurd hot. because it's
0: they keep going down in value. Well, yeah. if
1: the, but the thing is you you also that was a little bit of speculation too larry and and maybe some wise one cuz like there there's by by some of the analysts um estimates tesla has somewhere between depending on who you believe that 30% to like 45% chance of getting this self-driving piece right yeah. right they're they're right. like literally 5 years ahead of everybody else because just they have so much data because um they they've had the feature out there longer and all the right. users are beta testers, um, right. but if they do get that right, then that value of that ten thousand that you put in that is probably worth closer to like fifty
2: grand. Because yeah, you unless must decide to lower the cost, which he could do, an, on a whim, right? sure. It's up to him. Well, I, I knew you talking. know what, I it's knew every moment of the way
0: that I was wasting my money when I bought the bio what was it? The biohazard protection mechanism, aka HEPA filter <laughs> the in the car. Filter. And it has the biohazard logo on it. But I knew that, but I wanted and this is the intangible you're talking about, Jason. I wanted to support yeah. Elon Musk's mission to electrify cars. Yeah. I I knew I was contributing to that, that it was a donation, not a that you, value. It, it was a transfer of value that you felt good about. Yes, and that's
2: for me. You know, it was tuition on my college education about autonomous driving. I know more about autonomous driving, even though my car is barely level two. And I would have known had I not owned a Tesla. That's a good so, rationale. Are
1: you in the beta?
2: That is a good rationale. You know, not, you in the beta? I didn't know how to get in the beta. I mean, he said you could enjoy yeah. the beta, but he never told you how to sign up for it.
1: Yeah, it, it's one of those like, don't call us, we'll call you kind of <laughs> and things. I'd call my friend um, in
2: the PR department, but they laid her and everybody else in the they, PR department off. They got rid of the there whole no PR, PR department. department.
0: That's right. We don't need a PR <laughs> department. We got Elon's Twitter. That's all we exactly. need. That's all anybody That's, needs. That is their PR I department. Tweak it's
2: Elon. I am sure he'd answer.
0: Uh, <laughs> uh, let's it's take true. a little break uh, before we get. If before I, my mind is blown, and I decide I I can't ever retire. Uh, we have a fantastic panel. I am so glad to add Nicholas DeLeon to our list of uh, I hope regulars on uh, Twitter. Senior electronics reporter at Consumer Reports. It's really nice to have you on the show.
3: Are you in Thank New you. York? Yes, I am. All right. We're we're in New York. Uh, I'm in the Hudson Valley of New York. Consumer Reports is based in Yonkers, which is about 30 minutes north of the city. And then I'm about another hour or so north of there.
2: My daughter went to Bard. I love that area. Are you anywhere near where Pete Seeger lived during his lifetime? I don't know where he lived. He saved the Hudson River.
0: He lived on a sailboat for a long time going up and down the Hudson River to save it. Right, right. Uh, but is, you live in one of the most beautiful parts of America. It's just, I mean, there are many, but that's just I mean, typical suburbs. Area. But it's, it's okay. We okay. It's not- <laughs> go up the river a little longer. Poughkeepsie. And, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's very pretty. Very pretty area. Uh, also, Larry Maggot, who is, uh, we're just going to say your affiliation is with connectsafely.org.
2: I love your Kennedy bumper sticker that you got That is signed in by JFK. What? I, I, I personally handed it to him. When I was whatever age, ten to eleven, well, when he was running for president, when he was appearing in the in the San Fernando Valley, and he scribbled his name on it. So, so you it see, you don't pump need pump
0: that pump. authenticated because you were there. You know that's his I was signature. there. What's
2: it worth wow. in the blockchain?
0: Who knows and who cares? <laughs> it's what is it right. worth to you? And that is worth that's in, it's in priceless, right? It I would is, imagine. And, and yeah. if you look carefully, you can see his signature, but not from here. Well, I have to say we have the best picture we've ever had from you. So I can—that's probably been there the whole time. You know, every time you're on, but I—but I finally see it. So that's great. That's yeah. awesome. Next to it, a typewriter.
2: That typewriter, I actually learned to type on when I was a kid. Wow, that was my typewriter. See, I just—and you can see my camera. I see your oh, cameras. Very I just cool. threw everything out. That's my mistake. All, the, all the old stuff.
0: I never saved anything. What was I thinking? Yeah. Also, Jason Heiner, my dear friend from uh, now editorial director at CNET. Always a pleasure to see you. And you're in Louisville still or no? Louisville, Kentucky. Yes, sir. Beautiful Louisville. Uh, Mm -hmm. I was talking the other day about the Louisville slugger plant because I have a Louisville slugger somebody gave me for our 100th anniversary, 100th twit, which we are well past now and we're up to 800. Um, Yeah. But that has a giant Louisville slugger out front and I love that.
1: (laughs) Yes. It's the largest bat in the world. (laughs) The biggest bat
0: in the yeah. world. I uh, love it. Great to have all three of you. Our show today brought to you by Forward Networks. This is a really cool technology. I got a little demo of it created by uh, four Stanford PhD students. They, uh, de- they said, we developed an empathy for the network operator. We felt so bad because running a network is this i mean it's a it's a, it's a it's a, a little bit of voodoo it's a little bit of science but the problem is there's a lot of mystery when you run a network there's stuff that's why they draw the cloud as a puffy little cloud that stuff goes in and happens and then comes out they wanted they wanted to reduce business risk by revolutionizing the way large networks are managed seven years ago, they founded Forward Networks, part of their work at Stanford, to apply principles of modern software to the network. So, this software, Forward Networks, does de- delivers a digital twin of your network, completely accurate mathematical model in software. They have tools that go out crawl the network, find every device. You know, the, a couple of years ago, NASA had a problem because one of the engineers brought a Raspberry Pi in and put it on the network, and they couldn't figure out what was causing these issues. Well, if you had forward networks, you would see that Raspberry Pi immediately would be added to this digital twin, and you would know. Here's, here's what you can do with this. You can verify that your network is configured to spec, that it's in compliance with policies, that's behaving as intended. Even more important these days, before you make a change to the network, you can actually simulate it and predict the impact of that change across every possible traffic path. I mean, how many times have we heard stories about a network operator changing their their BGP router tables and, and accidentally routing all internet traffic to a small town in Maine? It happens not with forward networks. Dashboard gives you key network insights. With visualizations, if you're watching the video, you're seeing them that are easily consumable. They can be exported. You actually love it because you can show the board and your CEO what's going on in a way that everybody can get. But it's an always accurate network diagram with all the details about the topology of your environment. If you're a sysadmin, If you run a network, I know you want this. You can search. It's got a search. You can search network behavior, configuration, and state network-wide. It's got an intuitive and powerful search tool. You can perform end-to-end path analysis across your network on both on-prem and cloud infrastructure. You can proactively identify potential connectivity and security policy violations. This goes all the way to the endpoints, From, from your servers to the endpoints. They have this thing. Now if you've ever if you're a geek you know about diffs where you take two text files you run a diff and you know what the differences are you can see how the edits are made Forward Networks gives you behavioral diffs Side-by-side comparison in one quick view of what your network looks like now and what it's going to look like after you change these configuration files. Between any points in time, you'll get 50% faster resolution of network trouble tickets because you're not in mystery anymore. You'll get 90% faster fixes related to audit processes, 33% reduction in aborted network updates due to identified errors. Turn it off! Turn it off! Oh, my God! Oh, my God! Imagine searching your network for what's causing the problems. Even better, predicting the problem before it happens. That's forward networks. Used by some of the biggest companies in the world. Telstra uses it in Australia. Bank of America. Verizon uses it. Goldman Sachs uses it. In fact, they loved it so much, they led their Series C funding round. Mark Andreessen of Andreessen Horowitz, big fan. He was also in on the funding round, as was Threshold. $65 million round, a very successful round. I love the story about PayPal. They were, I mean, this is it. That's a massive network. They were having troubles with their network. They thought about maybe we should build something. They really thought, conceptualized something like forward networks. But when they found it, they said, oh, this is better than what we were going to do. They found all the trouble spots that saved them time and money. You need this thing. Get network automation and verification for your intent-based network with Forward Networks. Your business depends on it. There's an amazing demo. You've been seeing some of it if you're watching the video at forwardnetworks.com slash twit. You're to play with this thing. And if you're not the decision maker and you're, uh, in your business, just take your boss to forwardnetworks.com slash twit. Say, I got to show you this. They've got a new podcast too you might want to check out. I love the name, Seeking Truth in Networking. Uh, wherever you get your podcast, you can find that. Forward networks. Dot com slash twit. This is research that turned into something every network operator has to have. It's pretty amazing. Thank you, Forward Networks, for supporting twit. Um, Apple has announced that the HomePod is gone. Mm. This is kind of... Okay, I was skeptical. Five years ago, when they announced the uh, the uh, big $400 HomePod, and they... Matthew Panzerino. they take him into, we've got 50 anechoic chambers we built just to design this thing. We brought the best sound engineers in the world. This is the best speaker you can get for this size. They sold it like crazy. And just like, they were, I remember Steve Jobs coming on stage. Remember they sold the iPod Hi-Fi thing? And mm-hmm. Steve Jobs said, I'm getting rid of all my high-end audio equipment. This sounds so good. They canceled that within a year by the way uh i hope steve jobs got his stereo back (laughs) uh uh, i don't know people liked the sound i to me it it wasn't even as good as the the google home max which sold for about the same price now apple's done so well with the mini version of this the hundred dollar version of this they're just discontinuing it should we mourn the end of the home pod no
3: did you review this at
0: all, Nicholas, for uh, CU?
3: Uh, I did not, but we did, and I think our uh, assessment was similar to yours, where we thought the Google Home Max sounded yes, better. I remember that. Uh, yes. Yeah, I don't know. I, I personally bought the home uh, the mini for my father. Uh, he seems to like it. You know, he's a big Apple guy. He's got an iPad. He's got Apple Music. He's he loves his Siri. He's always asking. You know, funny oh, yeah. If you like Siri, Siri it's stuff. nice
0: to have Siri in the house. Uh, yeah. He
3: seems to like it. You know, yeah. I know these little speakers. Uh, I, I personally own the Sonos One. Uh, I, I think it sounds fine. I, I guess I'm not the most critical <laughs> listener. Uh, you know, it, it's funny. I saw a joke on Twitter a couple of weeks ago that, you know, sound quality actually peaked in the 80s with with the CD. And now we're listening to compressed <laughs> yes, we Spotify We don't care anymore. It's screens. true. It's right. People don't care. We don't uh, care. So. And and for
0: most people who grew up listening to those little white headphones coming out of the iPod to highly compressed, lossy exactly. music, the the Minis probably sound just as good as the HomePod. You know, they one, don't, reason
2: why, but, one reason I don't yeah. mourn the, the loss of the HomePod is that I have a little Echo, uh, you know, dot or something which I bought for practically 50 nothing, bucks up or to 30 bucks, of, yeah, yeah. Hooked up to a very nice speaker system. Yeah. I mean, they, they've got, you know, they've got ways to hook them up to nice speakers. So you don't have to buy a high-end smart speaker you can buy a dumb one and hook it up to a, whatever you want to i
0: i feel like apple's hype machine overhyped the homepod they would oh, yeah. have saved themselves a lot of time and trouble if they only built half as many echoing <laughs> chambers and they didn't sell a $350 speaker uh you know cuz people are happy with a $100 speaker i have five minis i have two homepods i'm an idiot i also have a lot of sonos gear um including that sonos one i would say that the the, the Google Home Max, which I also have, that big speaker, they discontinued it as well. I think nobody's buying four hundred dollars, three hundred dollars speakers is the real problem. So, yeah,
2: this is the this is the little thing you can buy from Amazon. It's it's a look at that puck. It doesn't have a speaker in it at all. know they're like twenty dollars. Yeah, it that, gives right? you ec- Echo all the capabilities. Yeah, can but release. I have a, again, this is what I have hooked up to a you know a fairly good speaker system. Yeah, it, it sounds great.
0: Yeah, so. no, that's all you need. And and if yeah. you want good speakers, you buy good powered speakers or even you know i got good old-fashioned stereo speakers and hooked them up to an amplifier and then i can hook all that stuff up into that so yeah it's, it's there's also some really good sound bars too so i i think yeah.
1: that the death of this thing might be you know there's there's a lot of really cnet reviews a lot of these and has some good lists as well as reviews uh, of some of them Sonos has some great ones. Sonos has some really nice soundbars. If you want to do high-end audio um, like this, you're you're better off just getting a soundbar, connecting it to your TV, and then you can also use it for for this kind of high-end audio too, right? So this was just a – it's a product without a market or the market has gotten squeezed out because you're either going low-end for $100 or less with a, a little puck, um, or if you're going to go with really better quality higher end audio, you're probably just going to go with a soundbar and
0: yeah, there are great ones out there yeah. for great prices too. Yeah. Um, yeah, the Vizio yeah. soundbar starts at under a hundred bucks. Yep. Um, I like the little Apple AirPod minis cause I, I'm like your dad, Nicholas. I like, <laughs> I like Siri. Hello Siri. No, I like, I actually use it to airplay too. And I, to me, if you have uh, iOS devices, AirPlay 2 is great. And having an AirPlay 2 device you can play to is very yeah. nice. But you don't need the – I guess they dropped the price to 250 bucks. I think Apple misunderstood the market. If you're a high-end audiophile, you're not going to buy a $300 speaker. Uh and if you're not a high-end audiophile, you're not going to buy a three hundred dollars speaker. Right, right. So who's going to buy this thing? Nobody. Yeah. <laughs> and the market kind of changed
1: out from under them, right? It just it, yeah. it it went in two different directions. Lower cost for for the you know the pucks, and then the like I said the the people are doing really well selling these sound bars. That was yeah. one of the top yeah. selling items during the pandemic. Really? Was people were like, oh, I can I can you know hook up a sound bar to my system. Keep the TV I've got and get a really actually yeah. a, a much nicer experience, and and that replaced I think a lot of what people that would have bought some of these um, HomePod the the high
0: end HomePod or or the Google th- um, as well. Where do you think the market's going, Jason, with uh, voice assistance? It feels like it's kind of plateaued. Yeah, there. So
1: there. So. Amazon and Google are still selling more of these things. They're they're they they are moving toward the the screen enabled ones, right? That's where they're putting most of their energy. Yeah, Amazon has at, now
0: has an Echo Show that follows you around and watches you.
2: Yeah, so, oh, that's like, like the uh, that's creepy. The, the Facebook uh, is, product, the portal. As well. Yeah, yeah, the portal. The, the, the portal. Yeah.
1: yeah, so they're they're going in that direction. I mean, most users still are are just like um, what. Uh, Larry mentioned those pucks they're they're much more interested in that it's much more practical you can put them wherever you want them as you said Leo you can put them in different rooms you can get five of them the price is still pretty minimal um you know relatively and so you know that that makes a lot more sense but the the software behind them is has has plateaued a bit like certainly that's where more work needs to be done the hardware part has largely been um solved or, or at least it's not, uh, rapidly developing all of that much, but the software has a lot of work, uh, it's not going to, anywhere. To, to most, yeah. it, it
0: might be, yeah. I'm a, maybe I'm an outlier, but uh, mostly I use it for timing cooking mm-hmm. pretty much. That's right. right. That's, that's like top five. <laughs> for yeah. The most used things yeah. is maybe I'll ask it to play music sometimes.
3: Nicholas, do you use these or is it just your dad? (laughs) Uh, Mostly him. I use my Sonos primarily to uh, to get the weather every now and then. You know, your
0: Sonos One has Echo built in, right?
3: It has, uh, and it has Google uh, Google
0: Assistant, and I have it hooked up to Google Assistant. You you have to choose one or the other, right?
2: Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So Um, you chose Google Assistant. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I use it to turn the lights on. How I I turn the lights off in my bedroom? I I have Hue lights, and I tell every
0: time I go to bed, I say, "Google, turn off the lights." Yeah. And so half the time realize, it you know, does. Thousands
2: of lights around the country just
0: <laughs> <off and laughs> Half the time it does. No, <laughs> I I left out the hey. Or no, do you oh, have okay. to say the hey? No, you have to say know, okay. okay. Yeah, I left the okay out. All right. Uh, good. I know that would be funny, <laughs> wouldn't it? I try That's by the way, I didn't tell you Nicholas, we try not to use the A word for that very oh, reason. Sorry. We call uh, I call said... it echo.
2: Although the poor people who've changed oh. their keyword to echo yeah. <laughs> Really yeah, I had right to do now. that because I have an <laughs> I have an echo in my living room and I have one in my kitchen and there's actually no real wall between they them. They have different names. So they have to have different names yeah. or otherwise my kitchen responds when I'm talking to my living room or, or vice versa.
3: Yeah, is, I, th- it's, I feel like oh, I just say, what I use it for is very simple. And I think our, our readers as well, you know, I don't think yeah. too many folks are doing very complicated, you know, it, it's smart home stuff. It's cooking timers. It is, you know, you know, yep. echo play this song. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, it's music I think and it is timers. it's very basic stuff. Yeah yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Which is probably why the software is not evolving. I found, I didn't, I'd never seen this before. But apparently Amazon put this online a couple of weeks ago, these day one editions. The idea is you, it's kind of like an Indiegogo for echo devices. So Amazon is saying, here's three different concepts, all have echo built in. One is a cuckoo clock. <laughs> really? One is a smart scale, which is looks like a regular kitchen scale. I guess, though, you can ask echo for nutrition info. This is the, I actually pre ordered this one, the smart sticky note printer, because I'm an idiot. Really? Because really? I'm an idiot and I buy this crap. 88 bucks. Uh, but what it does is you, you, you can't. it doesn't have Echo in it, but you pair it to an Echo device. I have a clock paired to an Echo device as well. And then so you can say, Echo, print my shopping list or Echo, and then you get a post-it note.
2: Can you, can you actually dictate a, a quick note? Uh, right I'll, I'll let you know when I, when
0: I get it. This one got funded. So this item is going to get built. It made its goal on day three. Can't say as much for the cuckoo clock. Uh, the cuckoo clock is still, still. They got to work a little more work to go. They're about halfway to their goal. Uh, this is actually smart. Amazon's getting all this consumer information, aren't they?
2: Yeah, clever.
0: Eighty dollars for the cuckoo clock. The smart scale uh, is a little cheaper, thirty-five bucks.
2: I have I have a smart microwave, which isn't really that smart. But in theory, I can tell it to cook an egg, and it will do so, you know, on command. You have the Amazon Echo. Uh... I have the Amazon, but I got rid of it. because The problem with the Amazon one, it only has seven hundred watts of it's power. It's tiny. It's, it's a, a dinky really little crappy microwave. Yeah. So I bought the Toshiba one, which has twelve hundred watts. But the but the Am- the Echo and the Google Home interface don't work. They're supposed <laughs> to. And I called them up, and they said, "Yeah, no, we're not, we We have a we have a bug, and we haven't fixed it yet." So I bought two Toshiba clocks. Dishes. That you
0: could pair with Amazon. <laughs> one paired, one never paired. And by the time I figured out it never was going to pair, it was too late to send it back.
2: So. The same with my Toshiba microwave. Yeah,
0: it's really annoying.
2: This Fortunately, is Fortunately, it's a good microwave.
0: <laughs> your, your readers are smart, Nicholas. They're smart enough not to get involved in this uh, early, uh, early adopter stuff. Do you think that CU I mean, the- readers are early adopters or No. Because it reports. Uh,
3: probably. I'm probably the earliest adopter person in that <laughs> building, to be honest. You're the only guy who has an
0: NFT baseball
3: or basketball. Are you basketball. saying that you and I are <laughs> stupid? That <laughs> yes, we're dumb. Yeah. Okay. We <laughs> buy all this crap. I'm a, I feel like such an idiot. Um, but that, but there's a great responsibility. Like I am an early adopter. I'm like you. Know, I, I buy a lot of this stuff because I think it's neat. Basically, for no other reason. Uh, and I'm kind of like a beta tester for the readers. Uh, you know, they're yeah, not going to run. That's out my and excuse buy, too. You know, yeah. A, a, yeah, yeah. A I have to a buy printer, this, but yeah. I might have it, honey. I have yeah. to buy it. It's my job. Yes, exactly. and my
0: poor wife can't figure out how to turn on the TV. She says you can't die because I'll never be able to watch TV again. My wife has the same problem. <laughs> yeah, I got too many remotes. My, my
2: TV keeps crashing. It keeps rebooting. I have a TCL, I see, a and I have it hooked thing. up to a Vizio sound bar, and they're not. They work together, but for some reason, they crash each other all the time. Oh and it drives God. my wife crazy. Why do you have to reboot the television? You should set? not have to reboot <laughs> appliances. A television.
1: I know. It's true. I, I just got, for my mother-in-law, um, a TCL. And it, it, after four hours, it was turning off automatically. Yeah. And, like, the sleep timer wasn't on. And it was like, what's going on? Oh, my on? mom had that problem with...
0: Up. Her TCL too. We're <laughs> cheap. T- We're cheap because the they're cheap Chinese it. TVs. But they have Roku built in. They are
2: yeah, good. And they they're are very Roku good.
0: They're very inexpensive. CNET
2: yeah. told me to buy it. CNET gave it a high rating.
0: Uh-huh. It's your
2: fault. It, it is. It's, it's one of our highest ratings. <laughs> I love them t-
0: TVs. For Mom everybody. has two. I bought her two. She's got one for the living room, one for the bedroom. But her bedroom one used it's to the, turn off. Then it stopped. So maybe it'll just. Stop. It's a
1: bandwidth setting apparently,
0: by, <sighs> which. I just found this out today. I'm still, still maybe working we figured on that out. Uh, Interesting. Now, Interesting. now she's it's so funny because she's 88, and it's actually good. It's a good practice for me because I'll be on FaceTime with mom. I did that this on uh, on Monday, and um, I'm setting up the Apple TV so she can watch Showtime. And this is and you, I recommend this, Nicholas. Find a, find an older person and try to explain to them how the Apple remote works on the Apple TV. Impossible. Impossible. Yeah. Mom, it's a trackpad. It's just like the trackpad on your laptop, but it's a little one at the top of the remote control. There's nothing at the top. No, that's the – oh, my God, the pain, the pain. It's not a
3: great remote. I I had an Apple TV, one of the previous generations. Uh, (sighs) It was fine. The device itself was fine, but that remote – uh, something to be desired, I guess.
0: We uh, are expecting a Apple event, not this Tuesday. The current consensus among people who make up Apple rumors is the twenty third, and there is a small but finite chance there will be a new Apple TV on the twenty third. And all anybody's hoping for is a decent remote control. <laughs> they work once you learn how to use them, but I, I, I defy you to try to explain it to To your mom, or you know, my eighty eight year old mom, she actually figured it they, out. Uh, to her, they credit.
1: could double the address total addressable market of that product with a with a better remote.
0: Um, uh, well, easily. The real problem with that product is the same problem they had with a HomePod, which is $200, it's two hundred dollars,
4: right? And yeah, a Roku
0: is thirty dollars. Yeah, <laughs> no it's re- better, and it's better. Yeah, better in many ways. Yeah. Yeah the the you know. ultra
1: um I I mean I I still prefer the Apple TV I have both Roku and, I do too. and Apple TV I do too. I, yeah. I do still prefer it even with the crazy remote um and yeah and and there are a few good things about the remote uh for sure and we've written about that you but, can but talk but to right, it
0: Leo, but everybody yeah, does that now you know?
1: yep talk and, to the and, but it, but it is yeah. it is a challenge to do some simple things and that sort of that sort of fails one of the primary
0: tenants of consumer electronics hold right? the trackpad so. down. What's the trackpad? The top out of the top, press that down until the icon goes jiggle, jiggle, jiggle. What? Just do it. <laughs> press it and hold it to the icon. Okay, it's they're jiggling. Okay, now this is tricky. Let go. <laughs> Let yeah. go. And then slowly move your finger up the trackpad, holding the thing, the jiggle, jiggle, jiggle to you, because I'm trying to get Showtime to the top of the icon row. That was probably yeah. my mistake. I should just have left oh, it dear. there. I, I said, <laughs> Mom, you can use this same technique to delete these, but I'll leave that for another day.
2: The, the worst thing is you should have been able to log into her Apple TV and do <laughs> the this Siri for her. Again. <laughs> Really? Yeah, I, I can log say, into your Apple remote. TV? I can do that? No. No,
0: you, you can't. can't. They they should be oh, able to. You should be able they to. They should make that a yeah. New feature. Yeah. I log into everything else of hers, but I can't log yeah, into no, that. no, that's true. Yeah. yeah yeah uh, apple uh suing a former employee for uh stealing lots of trade secrets simon lancaster was um in charge of he was uh let's see he was in charge of materials uh, and like in the design team he had a, it was a senior uh uh senior person at the Apple design team. He used his role, Apple says, to gain access to internal meetings and documents outside the scope of his job as materials lead at Apple. On his last day, November 1st, 2019, he allegedly, why do they always do this? Downloaded a substantial number of confidential Apple documents on the last day and then left and went to work for a startup. Uh, And uh, so now he's being, uh, being sued. Yeah. Uh, Ouch. There's no really news there. I don't know why I brought that up.
2: We're lucky that Trump is tech illiterate or he would have downloaded the entire federal um, database.
0: They were very worried. Remember that uh, the former president uh, had all that information. Yeah, but he's too stupid to know how to do it. I think he couldn't figure it out. (laughs) (laughs) He he said, hey, Baron, come here. (laughs) (laughs) You know the cyber. Um, That was that was completely gratuitous political comment on the part of Larry Magid. Yep, I apologize. I don't work for
2: CBS anymore. I can you can say anything you want. That's why I want now. That's yeah. why. Well, they actually knew they had rules. You probably are familiar with that they had rules about things like that. Yeah. Oh they still yeah. Have rules, I work. Like I
0: work for yep. uh, iHeart Media, yeah. the, uh, yeah. actually Premier Radio, which is their syndication division, the former syndicator of Rush Limbaugh. Right. So for, pretty much, there's nothing. No rules. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. I can say anything <laughs> I want. It's so funny, you know, people will send letters. Did you hear what that guy Leo said and my boss at at Premier goes? <laughs> 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 yeah, sure. Whatever. Sometimes she'll send them along to me. <laughs> you won't believe what we <laughs> the email we got about you this time. And I don't say, you know I'm doing a tech show. I don't get political. I don't say anything. It's very minor. Minor minor stuff. Google I'm
1: still I'm still wondering what um I, I'm like so curious now what Nicholas got from the NBA on his on his NFT. Open I'm, it. I'm, I'm waiting I, can, for the, I open waiting it. For the Maybe in the background
0: I can open it. Let's do an
3: unboxing. Yeah.
0: Did you get yeah. a box?
3: Uh, I guess a digital box. Let me. How can you How can you do an unboxing of a digital box? I don't know if I could show it on my. Sc- I can't share my. Sc- I probably could. Yeah, but... you're on
0: Zoom. You can share your screen with us. You got to make Let's him see, the uh, the. Uh, presenter on the on the zoom thing i think john
1: i'm waiting for the day now when like somebody does like a crazy dunk and like the kids are asking each other is that dunk on the blockchain yet
0: <laughs> they've sold like i said 200 million dollars of highlights com. you just did
3: it for research i'm sure Nicholas, right? I have a friend who was who you know is mega into it, and he's spending like hundreds of dollars, he's one of those speculators. Uh, and I was like, Oh, that's you know, I had been reading about it. So, uh, this so is I, what you bought you bought a pack, it's just it is, yes, it's just like a baseball a card. cards, yeah. It's it's
0: yeah. Yep. And so, Rising Star, which one did you get?
3: Uh, I pre ordered the just the base pack. Base uh, the, pack. That's the other thing is that you know, they they release these things in tranches, it's like if you want like the fancy smancy pack. Well, you have to, you know, you have to wait in line. They're all like sold out now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at it's that. Re- it's wow. very interesting how they kind of like... They're forever sold out, I presume. They're so smart. Yeah, they-
2: yeah
0: they're sold out forever.
1: They're so smart they because... They did say this shocked them. They sold way more than what they
0: expected. Whoa. Yeah. They were super surprised.
1: Okay, just a little Let's
2: tip. By they look a
0: little bit like condom uh, wrappers. You might yeah. want to change the size of that, make it look more like baseball cards, but... Uh- Other than that. Oh, I see. I would go for this one. Deck the hoops. 230 bucks sold out. So you just bought a base set. Did you get, you don't actually
2: get anything physical in the mail? Do you? It's all No, you don't get this
0: package or anything. This is what the, that's what's hysterical about this. They make it look like you're going to get something. Well, you get, you get a link, you get an email. What do you, what what, would you get?
3: you uh no you get and it's funny too because they make you wait in a queue like I was <laughs> uh, a couple of weeks ago i was in line with 150 thousand other people oh trying to buy you know one of these packs. that's smart uh, you and, want to create this false sense of urgency and this oh, scarcity yeah. and yep and the folks in the discord are like freaking out they're like oh my god there's a hundred thousand people ahead of me there's no way i'm getting and you're waiting in this queue for hours and you're just kind of yeah. like that's Am I getting it and with I the post not, office it is a little being congested silly.
2: because of the uh, joy it, co- it took even longer for it to get to you right Oh yeah! You didn't have to mail it. They don't mail it. Yeah, <laughs> they don't mail it. I don't know. <laughs>
3: I have mail it. it. I don't know if I could open it live. I don't know. Yeah, uh, you don't have to. That's all right. All right.
0: I just thought it'd be good for our YouTube numbers if you did an unboxing. <laughs>
3: well, that's that's actually <laughs> funny you bring that up because that is like a burgeoning oh, of course uh, it is piece of content like people opening packs live and and they have like hype videos and it's actually quite. Clever, I guess. If I were uh, smart, yeah. I would have promoted this. I would have said, next week, Nicholas DeLeon
0: <laughs> is coming on. He's going to open his pack. This is huge. I would have done four or five videos all week long building this up. See, I'm not good at this stuff. He could have been the Geraldo of Rivera. Of, well, uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Are you talking about Al Capone's <laughs> safe? Exactly, yeah, that's. Yeah.
3: Which ended up having what? Nothing in it? It was like dust? Nothing in it. Nothing. Oh, man, wow. there's always well, I can save it for next time. I won't open it. Maybe maybe we'll coordinate and I can open it live. Uh, well, I, I would understand. I don't know. Maybe there'll be something in there that I don't think there would be that would
0: give away like your credit card number or something. I don't think so. I don't think so. No, don't it's, think it's so. Just
2: what yeah. what no, happens if well, you should... $10,000 for it between now and the next show?
3: Uh, it's okay. I, I, I find that unlikely because it's a standard pack or it's a base pack, whatever they call but it. But only uh, 5,000 other people have it. Yeah. It's, Probably not not the uh, best uh, GIFs in this one, if I had yeah, to guess. Yeah. But we'll see. Just Maybe. so that we can prepare for this next time, give
0: me the, the shock look that you do on YouTube, Nicholas. <laughs> so, like, oh, my God, I just opened it. And it's amazing. Give me that look. Come on. You can do it. Oh, my. No, oh. no, come on. But, yeah, there you go. There you go. Stick out your tongue. Ah! Yeah that's
3: it. And then I get Snap up that. and I run around and the yeah, main yeah. screen yeah. no, we rolls over. Yeah.
0: yeah, we got it. <laughs> there's your there's
1: your that's your uh That's the thumbnail. Um That's, the that's thumbnail. your thumbnail right now. You know, Leo, you should you should make an NFT out of the first episode of Twit. I have them. Right.
3: So I, I have you, I would buy, somebody that. You will will buy, say, would buy that. Somebody I would buy that. I would buy it. Would you buy it? <laughs> <laughs> I might actually buy that. Yes. I, 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 I remember where I was sitting where you guys recorded the first Twit. Wow. Actually, so. But what would oh that God. mean in terms of
2: copyright? Would that mean that the person who bought it would own the copyright, or just we don't copyright them? They're, yeah. they're Creative Commons. They're Creative
0: Commons. We don't we don't do anything. I would just it would basically be me signing it uh, digitally, authenticating right. that this is the first episode of Twit. We're I mean somebody. I give, <laughs> give it to you.
4: Own
1: the first edition, so they own the 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 one of a kind digital copy or the digital original, essentially of it, and then all other versions are are, are copies, copies of it, right?
0: Except, yeah. I don't know if I could do that because I don't really know if I have the original. Well, it doesn't. It doesn't. So, it's, well, so that's the I'm, thing. I, right? I, it becomes or the original.
1: Does have the original tweet? You designate one the original. No, of the original, there is. Yeah,
0: where is it? So John has gone through our old hard drives, and he has actually. He, he has this concept. John, John, I think, wants us to make money. <laughs> Big mistake there, John. So he's given me a list. These are pre-show clips from 2008. Me and Paul Thorat pre-show Windows Weekly. Uh, me and Megan Maroney pre-show Jumping Monkeys. A live stream we did on Building the Ultimate Game Machine with Colleen Henry and Ryan Shrout. Security Now pre-show. This is, these are all from 2008, from August 2008. And the Daily Giz Fizz from 2008. It's on here. So these are now, I, I, those are the originals. I just blessed them. So then what do I do? I don't know. I need, I need Metacopia. To tokenize them. Yeah. To tokenize them. Leo, I bet if you
1: sold the first episode of, of Twit as an NFT yeah. and took the proceeds. And put it in Bitcoin yeah. and held it for $10, Yeah, I bet you that would be worth a million dollars. I would
0: lose my password. And you know I have eight Bitcoin <laughs> no, you, in, you, a vo- in a wallet. To. I have eight Bitcoin right now in a wallet that I can't get into because I don't remember the password.
2: What's that worth? That you really? got from like
1: Mt. Gox back when it was? <laughs> no.
0: I, I When Bitcoin first started... I downloaded Bitcoin Core like the software that yeah. the Bitcoin Foundation had right. and I, that created a wallet. Yep. And at at some point I was smart enough and dumb enough to password protect it, but not record the password. <laughs> oh, so you've got it in cold storage and I and have the wallet.dat file. Yeah. And then yeah. and then we put up a QR code with the with the account. On the website, as part of our tip jar, because for a while we were—I think we still have a tip jar—I just no one knows where it is, and people were—and people gave me a tenth of a Bitcoin or whatever, and it ended up being seven point eight five Bitcoin. I know because I can see the wallet, and I know how much is in it. I know all the transactions, but I just can't unlock it. So, what is that worth? That's four hundred eighty thousand dollars right now. Wow! It, yeah, that's not. Yeah, that's, that's right. It's amazing. I'm an idiot. Will, will so, you
2: ever be able to recover that value? Yeah,
0: my feeling is. If I had been able to unlock it at any time in the last five years, I would have sold it. Right. When Bitcoin was 100 bucks, right. I would have sold it. So yeah. all I've done is gain value. I figure not being able to sell it is the best
2: thing that ever happened to me. And <laughs> so if you, were, if you were, and I, were applying for a loan, could you use that on your financial statement not, as part of your network? I you can't access it.
0: So, so so I'm figuring, here's what, here's my plan. This is my my long, long range plan. Someday quantum computers are going to happen and there'll be a computer fast enough to crack this wallet. To crack that password. By then.
1: You're probably right.
0: Yeah. By then it'll be worth millions. You're right. Maybe worth a hundred million. So. Bitcoin
1: is designed to go to a million a coin, right? Because, because a million, it's
0: designed to be at that level. Of scale. Well, oh, there's no because limit there's, to what it could be. I don't know. If, right. I mean, because you can, because you can do fractional coins at any right. infinitesimal fraction. And if it's worth a million, you can you can give somebody a millionth of a bitcoin. Absolutely, you can do it right now. So yeah, yeah. Uh, meanwhile, I'm waiting to see what the IRS says. Is this income?
3: <laughs> is this capital long-term gain. capital gains? gains. What the hell is it? <laughs> But only yeah, there there, are, are homes, to be there there are startups. There there are startups that are trying to help folks figure out their Bitcoin tax situation. Because my sense, you know, yeah. s- same thing with with all the GameStop stuff. You know, a lot of folks who are not exper- you know, experienced traders or have not really dealt with with this stuff are just selling it and not setting aside taxes. So I do wonder there was actually a story idea I I wanted to do for CR, you know, what are your tax liabilities? If you've sold Bitcoin, if you've translated it into some other coin, Uh, I just don't think, people know that that is that is the case yeah and all these exchanges whether it's Gemini whether it's Coinbase all the you know the U.S. regulated ones they will send you the tax forms come tax time and they say hey there you go you know here's the info you know you owe what you owe you know good luck I don't know if folks are thinking about that I don't even know how the IRS audits it
0: I mean it's not like this is secret if the IRS has your wallet your account number they know what you've got they may. Yeah. The only thing keeping it private is the fact that your account number is not widely disseminated. Although mine was, because we put it on the tip chart.
3: So there's a QR I know. Code. I just did my taxes literally last week, and they do ask you. You know, do you own cryptocurrencies? Sure. And sure. my understanding is that you know they they just want you to say yes or no. It's not like they're going to come after you and like look into well, Nicholas DeLeon's. You know, it's not like I'm well, a cryptocurrency might. millionaire. If I mean, they, they, they might, there's, they might. There's, there's if they listening. ever audited you, they
2: might. Right. I assume the companies uh, yeah. that are holding it are issuing 1099s, which is how the IRS would know. Yes, you know, yes. So you're not you're on the if, hook. They're going to catch if you.
3: If you do anything that is a yeah. taxable event, like if you just have right. Bitcoin sell, in there yeah. and it's just sitting there accruing yeah, no value or, or losing value, as the case may be, you know, there's no taxable event there. But the minute right. you sell it, uh, yeah. boom, there you go. Now you've got a 1099. So. All right. Yep. This is all fascinating. And it's, you know, I just honestly,
0: uh, I've come up with a rationalization for why I can't get to the half million dollars I have in a Bitcoin wallet. And I'm going to leave it at that. I'm just waiting till it's worth 10 million and then I'll crack it, right? I'll buy myself. It's the best thing that ever happened to you. Uh, it's the best it's thing that ever that happened. Losing
1: that password. It's the best <laughs> and it's thing. Yeah. Right?
0: Am I wrong? Yeah. Because I wouldn't no, have No, you're the... exactly right. Now, uh, Steve Gibson is a little bit of a different story. He, when uh, Bitcoin first started, he created a Bitcoin miner because he was curious. And the next morning he gets up, there's 50 Bitcoin kind of chunk came out of the miner. Wow. He has erased the hard drive. He's he's lost it forever. He can't recover wow. it. So there's no for him there's no he just doesn't want to even think about it. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that's 4 million dollars or something. What is it now? 2.4 uh, 2. million.
3: Yeah. <sighs> I wonder how many, given your audience, Leo. Uh, you know, all this kind of Bitcoin stuff started. It was ten years ago. If you were, if you were reading Slashdot, if you were reading Dig, any of these kind of like mainstream nerd tech sites, like I was, uh, you would have heard about Bitcoin. You right. may have been a gamer. You may have right. been mining. I wonder how many people out there in Radio Land have lost a password, have a, have a hard drive have crashed. Or something, or or who have been smart and have held onto it, and now are sitting on a beach in Hawaii or something. But I bet your audience has some pretty interesting stories.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, there's there are definitely Bitcoin millionaires and even billionaires out there, but there's also, I can't remember the number, but hundreds of millions of dollars of Bitcoin that will be lost forever because people like me forgot the wallet or erased the hard drive, or you know, it's it's a some fascinating. Of it, some
1: of the early ones got their their mountain goats. Um, Or got ripped off. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I could have been smart enough to uh, put my money in Mt. Gox because, uh, and then have lost it all. So, whatever. Our show today, (laughs) whatever, whatever. Our show today brought to you by Podium. Do you know about Podium? Podium is so cool. You might have even used Podium and not know it. You go to the dentist uh, or you go to the local bagel store. And uh, as you're leaving, you get a text message saying, thanks for visiting. Uh, leave us a review. That's probably Podium. Podium gives your business, especially small businesses, local businesses, the messaging tools to turn your website into a thriving storefront. It is so cool, especially nowadays where, you know, you're not going into a restaurant, you're going to take out, you're you're not, you know, if you visit the dentist, it's a quick visit, you run and come and go. But with Podium, Those local places can close the deal. They can make it easy to get paid contact-free via SMS, via text messages. With Podium Reviews, you can easily text customers to leave an online review, improving search ratings. And you know what's interesting about text messages? Unlike email, about 20% of emails get opened. So if you're using email to do this, you're, you know, only getting to one in five. 98% of text messages get opened. 98%. And the thing is, if you send somebody a coupon or you send them an invitation to come back, they're going to see that and they're going to welcome your text messages. Podium also offers web chat. You can put that on your website so visitors can text with your team. And your team will like it because those text messages on the website turn into text messages on their phone. makes it easy for them to respond to it. You can meet with customers using Podium's video chat. Anywhere, anytime. Get paid faster over text with Podium Payments. And then, of course, for you at the end, Podium Inbox brings it all together, keeps leads warm, responds to feedback. It's a great way to do customer feedback. Your business can easily set up Podium. It, it takes a day or less. Podium's got a full team in place to answer any questions, to walk you through the whole thing. I think this is any small business these days. It's a tough environment. Podium is here to help you encourage people to shop local, to communicate with your customers, communicate with your teammates without leaving home. It's a great way for small businesses to stay connected with their customers safely without the face-to-face. Podium is everything you need. And look at some of the people who use Podium. I mentioned a dentistry. My local dentist uses it, but so does the South Tampa Family and Cosmetic Dentistry. They did exactly what my dentist did. as As as, their, as customers are leaving, they ask, "Oh, don't forget to review us." They collected 1,200 reviews, averaging 4.9 stars. Doctor Wyatt there said the number of walk-ins as a result of our reviews has skyrocketed. Before we might be seeing maybe 50 to 100 new patients a month, now we're seeing closer to 200. The bridal collection uses Podium, small store. Lynn, the owner, said. We don't have to take credit cards into the store. We could do it completely remotely. Podium has been a godsend for us in this journey. They've processed over $200,000 in no contact payments. It's amazing. America's Car Mart used Podium to collect 21,000 leads through their web chat. Uh, TJ, who's in charge of the digital experience at America's Car Mart, said before Podium, we had a contact us form. Remember those little animated mailbox? It could have been days before anybody got back to that customer. Because it's text messages now, it's easy. Our response time is cut down two minutes. I hope I've convinced you. This is a great platform for local businesses, for small businesses, even for big, large businesses. Podium can help you reach more customers, interact with them better, make more money, get more leads. Get started free today at Podium, dot com slash Twitch. Just go on over there, watch the demo. See what you can get. It's hard. This this company does so many things. I told them this. I said, it's hard to tell everybody all the things you do. So go to the website. Go to podium.com slash twit and uh, see how it can help you. One account could really make a big difference in your business. Reviews, web chat payments, feedback, customer support, team chat. It, it's all in there. It's all in Podium. Podium.com slash twit. Thank you, Podium, for support. Uh, EFF article kind of got my attention. Remember uh, last week or two weeks ago on Twitter, we talked about the fact that Google has announced uh, they're no longer going to use third-party cookies starting next year, nor are they going to invest in ad tech or tracking technologies. They know people don't want tracking. So what are they going to do instead? Well, they've introduced something with the, probably the worst name ever, the Federated Learning of Cohorts, or Flock. The EFF says, Google's flock is a terrible idea. No one should mourn the death of the cookie, they write, as we know it. For more than two decades, third-party cookie has been the linchpin in a shadowy, seedy, multi-billion-dollar advertising surveillance industry on the web. As I mentioned before, my friend Cory Doctorow says, ad blockers and cookie blockers is the largest consumer boycott in history. So many people are using them now that they don't work anymore. So no wonder people like Google are saying, well, we're at, we didn't like those in the first place. Google's leading the charge. EFF rights to replace third-party cookies with a new suite of technologies to target ads on the web. Notice they're not giving up ad targeting. Some of their proposals show it hasn't learned the right lesson from the ongoing backlash to the surveillance business model. It's a long article. I'm not going to summarize the whole thing, but... Uh, the idea behind Flock is instead of individual information about you, Google's going to create a cohort, a segment that you belong to, and tell advertisers, this is what Facebook does. Facebook never gave your information to advertisers. just said, we know men between the age of uh, 25 and 54 who live in Northern California who spend more than $20,000 a year on lottery tickets. Would you like to advertise to them? Uh, that's the kind of information you got from Facebook, and that's what Google plans to do with flock um but there are some some issues i think with all of this uh do you credit google um larry with doing the right thing or is this just hand-waving in the face of a big consumer boycott uh, against t-
2: cookies? i think it's doing what benefits google and perhaps harms its uh, lesser endowed competitors uh, it may be a good thing anyway. You know, I mean, I, you know, as they as say, I don't mourn the death of the cookie, uh, but I think it is Google figuring out a way to continue business as usual using a, a, a different strategy. And and at the end, you know, they're going to make plenty of money from it.
0: Yeah. You so.
3: you 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 agree, uh, Nicholas? Is that? Uh, yeah, it, it's funny, you know, at CR, we, we've definitely done stories on like how to use an, how to effectively use an ad blocker, you know, to, to. It's yeah, because you're in a good position at Consumer Reports, you don't have well, ads. <laughs> but my friends and colleagues work at ad supported websites. So it's yeah. like, it's like, I, I can't tell folks, I hey, just put an ad blocker and <laughs> right. then, you know, destroy careers. Like, not, I, I should, by the way, nice to disclose that
2: Google do. is a sponsor of Connect Safely. So we don't take ads, but we do have corporate sponsors and they're one of them so yeah
0: we've had google ads on our shows as well
2: now and now we talk bad about them but but buying an ad does not protect you against
0: editorial (laughs) condemnation (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right. go ahead i'm sorry nicholas
3: no i was just gonna say it is something that's sort of top of mind of our readers you know privacy and being online and having the the weird ad track you like we get we get questions all the time it's like what is happening you know how do i stop this you know some people don't care to, to be fair you know, i think to them. i'm gonna be
0: uh go out on a limb i think most people don't care in fact i keep wondering why is what are we really worried about um wouldn't you prefer an ad that sh- for something that you're interested in than an ad for something that's just wasting your energy?
3: Because you never would want that anyway. Interesting. When I was younger, I I was way more militant about this type of thing. To be honest, as I've gotten older, I, I just turned thirty five to give you an idea. Uh, I yeah, I I sort of agree. It's like I you know I have very my my interests are you know I like tech stuff, I like video games, I like soccer. Really, unless you're advertising something in those three buckets. You know, you're just wasting your money, to be honest. Right. I'm not going to buy your Advertisers thing, really. don't
0: want to advertise to you.
3: Yeah. And that saves me time and it saves them ad budget. So I sort of agree. I guess the question is, where does that line, you know, is it better that they know me specifically, my IP address? Is it better that they go even further and try to fingerprint my machine? That's kind of weird. Or or do they just put me in, in, a, in a cohort or or Whatever they want to call it, here is a mid thirties guy who likes nerd junk. Let's show him some ads for g p u s or mice and keyboards. Yeah. that f- feels okay, I guess to me
0: i so I understand why people run ad blockers. There are a lot of other good reasons. ads take up a huge amount of bandwidth. they slow the page down ridiculously. They can bring malware into your system. There's lots of good reasons to not want that kind of advertising, but i I don't to me especially this kind of cohort tracking, the kind that Facebook and Google do. You know, I the only risk, as far as I'm concerned, I stopped using Instagram because their ads were so damn good that I kept buying stuff. <laughs> they they were too good. The Instagram of all of the platforms seems to know best exactly what's gonna get me to buy something in the middle of the night when I'm doom scrolling every single time. So I got rid of Instagram, not because I don't love it, I love it, but because I stopped I was buying too much crap. Costing you too much money. It was costing me too <laughs> much. It was too
1: good. And and they do get I, I think I the last time I looked, I think they, they get three to four X the click throughs on is it the best ads. is it the most it effective? is i believe i believe it is at least at scale i believe yeah. i believe it has the highest click you rates know, you know i work for obviously work for ad supported media but cnet we do consider ourselves consumer advocates and and as can and consumer advocates you know we certainly welcome the end of third-party cookies they they've overreached uh over the past decade especially and um uh, but the 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 idea of cohorts uh, to the points that, that you all have made there, there is some good on the other side of that to the to Netflix or sorry, to the Instagram example um, of it, it does let them target things to you better and provide you useful stuff. Um, the, the challenge is you, you may end up, you know, uh, like Leo, uh, end up finding too many things to buy. Um, that's a whole different issue. But uh, all in all, I think we have to assume that over time, that AI, deep learning all of these things are going to get better, and the targeting is going to get um, really good and effective even without third party cookies because remember we're still you're still going to have first party cookies so those sites cooking you for the stuff on their site they're still going to track what you look at and and do on their site they're going to know your IP address they're going to have data on you and so these things are going to still get better over time. But what you're removing is the really egregious stuff that these third party um, tracking um, things were doing. And some of these ads yeah, that were I don't want Cambridge Analytica stuff. To, to, yeah.
0: to put political ads in my Facebook feed because they've done sentiment analysis and have decided, you know, th- those are that's not good. Um, yes. Although I guess it's another form of ad tracking. I feel like also, you know, readers of Consumer Reports might use the word creepy, right, to describe this. And I think that that's what what people who don't like technology or don't understand what's going on with technology always say, oh, that's creepy. And if they really understood it, they might not think it's creepy. They just – i've learned and it's
3: the thing too it's like oh my phone is listening to me Uh, i was talking about a a, an app or service i won't mention the name here but like a conversation whatsapp which i know is encrypted uh you know we were talking about this app and then lo and behold later that evening i got an ad i think it was in youtube if i'm not mistaken for so it's like i know that that's actually not what's happening here but like it's it just it's just you you know what what i'm there's all this doubt about like what it's so opaque and no one real unless you're deep in That's the weeds what makes of ad tech every day it is very yeah. very hard to understand and one of the one of the things i really appreciate about, about being at consumer reports is 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 really understanding and empathizing with folks you know people have lives they have kids they have jobs they have things to do they don't spend all day you know on tech twitter or refreshing tech meme or whatever they're living a life and right. so if they don't really understand how this ad stuff works yeah, maybe they'll use words creepy, but it's 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 just it's just like opaque and like. There's a huge opportunity
0: for you though to talk to real people, and explain what's going on. I mean, you, it's also a responsibility. It's a burden. No, I agree. I agree. Yeah, but uh, but I think that's a great opportunity for you. Yeah,
2: you know, I've long since accepted the fact that if I go shopping for something, I'm going to get inundated with ads for that product. But what bugs me is after I bought it, you'd think they'd be smart enough to know. That's just bad. Yeah, that's that's that I'm just no longer the, in the market for. That's
0: just a bad algorithm. Yeah. That's not creepy well, or, or intrusive. It's just stupid because the algorithm is broken. And But you see that all the time. You go to Amazon and they say, people like you often buy this. Yeah, I bought it yesterday. That's why you say right. that. Um, right. I, although, Nicholas, if you start getting ads for, I don't know, NBA highlights in your
3: feed, <laughs> it wouldn't be surprising or creepy. It would just make sense. It, yeah, well, I, I agree. But m- one of my editors makes a very similar argument. I think a year or two ago, he was in the market for a car. I think he bought a Honda or something. And lo- he still gets ads like, you know, after the purchase. You know, was finished. Yeah. He's still getting ads for like Toyota and and Mazda, and he's he's like, this doesn't make any sense. Like, this is just waste. They're wasting them. I've already bought the car. So Thank the complaint in that case is not against tracking. It's about a, a just poorly implemented
0: algorithm.
2: Well, if right. the tracking isn't good enough, they don't know you. They know you. They know you were looking for the for the car. They didn't know, they they know you bought know you it. Bought- so yeah. in some ways, it's good. I mean, maybe it would be worth if they knew that you
3: had bought the Honda. So track me better. The bottom
2: line is they are nobody wasting your says that. Nobody says, please track me better.
3: Are you supposed to say, oh, well, if they're not tracking me enough then. I, yeah. here, here you go. Here's, yeah, just do a just better job. Passwords yeah. And, yeah. Yeah.
0: Or there should be a, a button where you say, I bought it already. Right. The, oh, I exactly. already bought it, button. Right. <laughs>
2: yeah. Which actually would be very valuable data in itself.
0: Well, hugely valuable. Are you yeah. kidding? That would yeah. trigger a whole cascade of advertisements. Right.
2: Well, and now, you do, you you yeah, do you
0: have <laughs> the formats? Yeah. you know, <laughs> Google's a little bit in trouble. Uh, judge Lucy Coe, who's been involved because she's a federal judge in uh, the uh, uh, Silicon District, includes Silicon Valley, Northern California District, um, yelled at Google saying, I can't believe incognito mode doesn't hide anything from Google. (laughs) She has approved a class action lawsuit from consumers who complain that even when they turn off data collection in Chrome, uh, other Google tools used by websites end up amassing their personal information. Judge Koh wrote, the court concludes Google did not notify users that Google engages in the alleged data collection while the user is in private browsing mode. Private implies private. Private. Google says, we strongly dispute these claims, and we will defend ourselves vigorously against them. Uh, Incognito mode in Chrome gives you the choice to browse the Internet without your activity being saved to your browser and device. You're, in effect, being incognito from yourself. As we clearly state, each time you open a new incognito tab, websites might be able to collect information about your browsing activity during your session. I mean, I, I talk to people all the time, like you, uh, uh, I Nicholas. I also talk to the the unwashed <laughs> masses, normal people, regular folks, yeah. regular folks who listen to the sure. radio show. I mean, they yeah. must have some interest in technology. They wouldn't listen to a technology radio show, but I, they are always amazed when I say, "Oh yeah, incognito mode doesn't hide anything from Google." It just hides it just so you it hides it from your spouse, basically. That's who it's No, hard. I agree.
3: We, we we really ran I wrote the story maybe a year ago, maybe two years ago, I forget now, you know, what does incognito mode do? Yes. Uh, and you know, the takeaways it you know, it is local, you know, it, it erases it erases your so your roommate doesn't see which what website you're it. that is basically it. You know, websites can still track you or there's the possibility of them still track and folks don't know that. They see incognito mode. They see the little guy with like yeah. the, the disguise and the glasses yeah. and they assume that they're track, like I'm, they're use as if they were using Tor or something. And I'm that's traveling not quite that what incognito in, mode Incognito. Means. But it, by the way,
0: it ain't just Google. Safari has private browsing, not private.
4: Yeah, uh,
0: yeah. Firefox, Edge, they all do it. It's, I guess, this is an example of engineers understand what it means.
3: That's what it feels like to me. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I, I think it keeps your spouse from knowing that you've been to a porn site. I mean, I think that's its most. Okay, you, know, you said it. I wasn't going to say it. Well, You're you let the secret
0: it out. <laughs> you how
3: people are
2: using it.
0: The secret is out. Honey, yeah. I'm sorry. Um. All right. Let's see. Let me take another break. Uh, we have a lot more to, to cover, but we don't have a lot more time. I don't want to. Poor Nicholas. We have to. Well, if you've listened to the show, you know, it goes on and on and on and on. And I'm on here. On and Let's on and go. On and on and on and on. And on, I figure Larry and Jason are already aware of that. But I will. We we actually we had a fun week. We did a great promo. We've made this for you. I'm going to make you watch it, and then we'll have more on Twit. Watch.
3: Oh my god! song we, ma- we match. No way! Holy moly! We She's wearing a hot dog this, hat.
0: Uh,
2: folks who no. are tuning in, he's wearing a mustard.
3: Hat. Previously on Twit. Tech News Weekly.
2: We have Eugene Kim from Business Insider here to talk about his piece on Amazon's Vesta Home Robot. It's kind of this, you know, home personal assistant. The most common
3: description I've heard is that it's uh, basically a fire tablet, you know, Echo Show device mounted on wheels oh, this week in
1: Google.
0: Oh, God. We brought Trey on, and of course, Trey's an old friend because you sent me an email the other day said, here's an NFT of one of my images. We have been trying, Trey, for a month to figure out what the hell these non-fungible tokens are.
3: The wave of interest uh, is so high that it's it's probably the right time to get in. Security now.
0: To make it easier to watch YouTube videos, the creative agency Happiness Saigon partnered with Frito-Lay to create the Lay's Crispy Subtitles browser extension that automatically enables YouTube captions when it detects you are eating chips. Twit. This is why we have computer technology. Yes. This was what it was all meant to do. <laughs> oh, Lord. Ah, thank you, Steve Gibson, for discovering the Lay's Crisp subtitle. Chrome extension. Our show today brought to you by Extra Hop, the Solar Wind Sunburst Attack, man. What a wake up call in a changing threat landscape. And I'll even add now the Exchange Server Zero Days. Holy cow. Cyber attacks have only become more advanced, harder to detect. And the problem, the problem all these people who run exchange servers are facing right now, or were hacked in the SolarWinds attack, is is there somebody in my network? Were they able to use those attacks? to live in my network when cyber criminals get past your defenses businesses need a plan for detection and response and i think we all understand now that that old model of protection and prevention alone is no longer enough that's why you need extra hop and especially ExtraHop reveal x it's the only solution that shows not just where intruders are going but where they've been Intruders love to cover their tracks with reveal X. They can't. You can investigate incidents and prevent them from turning into full-blown breaches. When cyber attacks make the news, first question I ask our uh, our security team—in other words, our IT guy—first question security teams need to know. First question you must be asking if you're running Exchange server: Have we been compromised? That's why Reveal X is so great. Get 90 days of record look back, complete network visibility across the data center, the cloud, the device edge, so security teams can actually do an audit. They can actually get real answers, and they can get it fast. Because, let's face it, response time is critical. In a, in a post compromise world, your greatest chance of stopping advanced threats is with extra hops, network detection, and response. Respond fast. You'll limit the damage. Respond slow, sky's the limit. Learn more about how ExtraHop stops breaches 84% faster. They've got a great interactive demo you can try at ExtraHop.com slash twit. ExtraHop.com slash twit. Something you absolutely need. ExtraHop.com slash twit. We were talking about Google and their court troubles. Uh, Microsoft piling on. I love the little snippy back and forth between uh, Google and Microsoft. Uh Brad Smith uh, testifying um in front of Congress this week. Um uh, let's see let me see if I can find his uh, his quotes here. I got too many too many stories too long of a list of things to talk about. Uh, remember Microsoft with this exchange and SolarWinds thing has, has really been under the gun. So I don't have the exact quote, but Brad Smith saying, uh, yeah, Google has really been killing journalism <laughs> with its search results. It's about time journalists could, uh, could come to Google and say, Hey, we want some money for link tax he's talking about what happened in australia and apparently is encouraging the united states congress to follow the same path um google's response to this is microsoft's just trying to say don't pay any attention to the solar winds exchange hacks you really ought to be going after google it's really ugly I gotta say, it's really ugly to see these guys attacking uh, each other, and they both got they've both both got things to work on in their uh, in their <laughs> home. No need to go to Congress and say, "Oh yeah, we need a link tax." That's just a bad idea. And my, I guess the real problem is I don't trust Congress for a second to do the right thing. Uh, they're you know they're gonna they're gonna oh yeah that's a good idea. In fact, they already are considering uh, doing what they did in Australia, and Google will probably have to make a deal with. You know, big journalism organizations. Now you all work for well, Larry less so, but but Jason, you work for CNET and uh Nicholas, you work for Consumer Reports. Um do you feel like Google is is Jason, let me start with you, is stealing your traffic? Oh
1: boy. That's a very philosophical question. That's the debate, isn't it? Because Leo.
0: so the the thing is, Google puts these snippets. So if Google does see, you know, is a search index on uh, on CNET, and you know they see the latest story on CNET, they'll put a little snippet in there. CNET doesn't say this. Rupert Murdoch says it. His contention and other published contention is, oh, they they see this snippet. They don't need to go to the page. But I think on the other hand, Google points out, look, without us driving traffic to your site, no one even would know the article exists. We drive far more traffic than we pull away.
1: Yeah, and and the truth is most of the time you end up in one of those featured snippet boxes, you're getting a ton of traffic from it. Okay, that's what I'm curious
0: about. I mean, you know. Yeah.
1: You know. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. So now you have to be kind of smart about it. Like you, you – as you have to know that you're aiming this long tailed story long, uh, at something that is kind of evergreen at one of these snippet boxes, you're going to put enough information in there. That's going to, you know, tease it in some cases, but it's still going to, um, show that you've got more context if they click through the link and they want more. Right. Right. So you, you have to understand what you're, what you're doing there. But, yeah, I and Google is it's look, it's it's a fair point to say that Google is putting more and more of their thing and they want more and more of it on their page because they have Facebook jealousy. Right. Facebook has these long engagement times and Google has much more transactional traffic. And so um, but Google doesn't want is, you
0: to live on that search page or do they?
1: I mean, that's what these things are all about. That's what all of these things are about. That's why they have those little questions too, right? Oh, Where you, you type in, right? And, and you can just unpack those questions of like you know what is an nft is an nft work worth as much as bitcoin whatever it's got those little questions you hit those questions and it
2: expands out you don't need to go a to a site
0: a you're getting all that information right, right from yeah google.
2: but on the other hand if some you know I, I do write for the mercury news and i write for forbes and i crave high listings on google news i mean when those happen yep. that's money in the bank i mean you, that can generate enormous traffic which can translate into get, enormous uh, ad revenue if, if, if that's how you're monetizing. So I, I don't quite understand why it's such a big problem for publishers, you know, when, when they benefit from it as well. The bigger problem that it creates is
1: not that they're stealing traffic, it that essentially Google used to be about that front page, right? If you were if you had your link on the the front page of Google, pretty much any of those like you know, 10 slots. You did really well. Now mm-hmm. it's being concentrated into a smaller a Google whitelisted version of the best results. And it's more winner take all. So if you end up in one of those featured snippets or you end up as one of the first two links or you end up in the news box, if it's a news article, your traffic goes to you know the moon. If you're on just – you know, if you're not in one of those sort of what we'll call like the top three, in many cases the top one, then your traffic now, even on the first page of Google, is drastically reduced. And so Google right, you is essentially – They haven't
2: taken away traffic from you. They just haven't given you any, right? I mean have they, have they stolen your traffic or just failed to give you more traffic? Right. I'm
1: saying that's the more the the um the, the risk to understand here is not that Google's stealing your traffic. It's just that it's making, um, you know, the, a much more winner take all game. Right. right. That's the right. that's the thing to worry about. Not. But right. if you end up in one of those, like I said, if you're featured, you end up in those featured snippets, even though they're technically like taking your text and put it on their page. You still get so much traffic out of it, which is I know what you're getting to, Larry, as yeah. well, that it's it's more than worth it to, to end up in one of those.
0: Right. So on balance, you would rather have Google do that than lose Google referral traffic entirely.
1: Sure. Yeah. yeah like I mean, we're not going to block yeah. Google from taking that.
0: Right. And you could, by the way. I, I <laughs> I don't know why Google doesn't say, "Hey, you know, there's this thing called robots.txt. You could yep. keep us from indexing. You don't have to yeah. show up in our search
2: results if you don't like it." Of course, if you can get both, if you could get the traffic and a fee from Google, so much the better. Oh, kind of like, yeah, <laughs> maybe that has something. I to would do think with you this. know, a broadcaster on cable news, a cable—I mean, a cable like Comcast—you're not. You're getting your your ads are being seen by more people. And if you can get some kind of kickback from the cable company, you know, even better. So that may be the model that they're looking at.
0: Yeah. Google Google called uh, Brad Smith's testimony in front of Congress, naked opportunism. (laughs) 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 Uh, The claws are out. The claws are out. The claws are out. I love it when the big guys fight. It's just fun to watch. Uh, let's see what else. Federal regulators, you guys own Teslas. Do you, you sound like you have a Tesla, right, Jason? I do not. Oh, you don't. Tesla. Okay. He just sounds like he does. He sounds like he does. I, you seem like the kind I, of guy that I, might have one.
1: I, I, um, long time admirer of what they're doing, and probably you know would would likely own a Tesla, right. you know, in the future. Or I and
0: Larry say. does a self driving mm-hmm. Tesla. Enough, um. Yeah. I, I did have one. I now have that new Ford electric vehicle, which has oh, many nice. of the same features. Do the Maki, The mach yeah. Great. Uh, where do you stand, Nicholas, on Teslas? Uh,
3: I don't have a st- – I think the Cybertruck looks pretty cool. I'm not a car guy. To be honest. I mean, okay. I don't have any fully – opinion. I have a Honda Civic, and it drives to like the Walmart <laughs> to work. I, I, uh, I don't you're really my kind of guy. I
0: it. have a Honda Civic with a hundred thousand miles on it. Actually, my mom's Honda Civic literally did have two hundred thousand miles on it before she stopped driving.
2: And the thing, I know you, that you can't kill it. It just can't kill it. Te- Tesla, Tesla forums people are always always coming down on Consumer Reports because you guys don't gentrify. Good, good for you that you don't. No, in fact, yeah. it was a yeah. shock when Consumer
0: Reports. Yeah. Uh, I th- what was the I think they 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 downgraded uh, Tesla for yeah. reliability it upgraded it and yeah. then upgraded it and then but I think there was also some criticism of the self driving features now it's the NTSB's turn right they have filed comments blasting the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration for a uh, permissive regulation of driver assistance systems. Uh, the NTSB is the organization that investigates accidents. The uh, National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, the NHTSA, sets the standard. The NTSB calls out Tesla's autopilot for its lax safety practices and says the NHTSA should establish some minimum standards. There are none. And in fact, uh, for the last four years uh, under uh, then President Trump, the National Highway Transportation Safety Administration largely let automakers do what they liked when it came to advanced driver assistance systems, ADAS systems, and prototype driverless vehicles. Uh, the NHTSA has generally waited. This is from an article in Ars Technica. Uh, credit to Timothy B. Lee uh, for this one. The uh, N- NHTSA has generally waited. Oh, now I lost uh, the paragraph. Uh, Until there's been a problem before they uh, address it. But the NTSB singled out Tesla specifically. You may not like this, uh, Larry. 16 times in the report. Partly because there have been so many, there have been six crashes involving driver's assistance in the last years. Now, four of them were fatal, but how many hundreds of thousands of people have died in that same time period?
2: Right, that's that's the issue. I mean, look, I I recognize it that full self-driving is far from perfect and there have been a couple of cases like I've been driving like road hazard like there might have been a trash can in the middle of the road and it might not have stopped had I not been vigilant so you really do have to watch it but by and large it's a better driver than I am I mean when I change lanes for example I use the lane changing and I still look around but I actually trust it more than I trust me it has more eyes than I do its processors are sharper than you know better memory um again I look at it as a, as a safety feature uh, as long as I'm also being vigilant.
0: The NTSB this- said Tesla recently released a beta version of its Level 2 autopilot system. That's the thing you were talking about. Larry described as having full self-driving capability. By releasing the system, Tesla is testing on public roads a highly automated AV technology, but with limited oversight and reporting requirements. Right. They say the and using and using drivers
2: who are not trained. I mean, when Google tests or Waymo tests its cars, I presume that the the so called safety drivers are trained and responsible for how they operate it. Anybody can buy a Tesla and be an idiot if they want to. Yeah, and And often they do. (laughs) But there is something Musk mentioned the other day that they actually will take people out of the beta program if they find that you're driving irresponsibly. I saw that. Do you get your five thousand dollars back? No, no, you, no, no, no. Let's oh, not go I'm crazy. Not the, I, I'm not in the beta program. I haven't been anointed yet, uh-huh. so I just have the regular, so-called full self-driving, which is pretty automated already. But the beta program, it actually makes left and right turns on city streets and does things that the that the shipping version doesn't do yet. I think you know. I see the I see the
0: two competing things. The NHTSA wants to foster this technology, and and as many uh, jurisdictions have done, for instance, Arizona, uh, we got we're going to need this. Humans are terrible drivers, so let's really make it easier for self driving uh, research to happen. Public streets, yeah, but you, you're not you're not going to learn unless you go out in public. Uh, the NTSB is saying people should not be dying. You need to make standards. You need to set some standards so that automakers can't just do whatever they want. I understand both points of view, really.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Tesla, they did find like there have been, you know, these safety organizations have done because there have been people that have died. Um, they have done these investigations of Tesla autopilot. What they found is it is on a highway driving. Um, right. It it is safer than a human today. Like the version that's, that's out there. Right. Um, so there's that, but I think what this one is getting to is that the the there are no that the the auto the agencies are not setting standards exactly for uh, these things, and so you have, for example, GM, um, which isn't in very many cars at all, right? But they have their um, standard which has on the top of the uh, the wheel. Um, it has a bar that checks to make sure your eyes yes. are looking straight ahead, right? So it has what is essentially a, a stronger safety um, feature than what Tesla offers. And GM today.
0: will only let you use it on mapped freeways. You can't use That's it right. off the freeway. Right. And you right. can't use it on a freeway that they haven't mapped. My Ford has but, a very similar system, by the way. It's not been turned on yet. But there it uses a little yeah. bar. It's a camera watching your eyes. I drove a Cadillac with that system, the CTS yep. with that system in it. And it. W- <laughs> I was trying to test it to see if it would say, hey, Leo, you're not paying attention. And I could- it was so scary that I didn't want to take my ha- eyes off the road. So it went like this. I put my hands over my eyes and then peeked through to make sure I wasn't going to hit anything. <laughs> but it was good enough to trick the camera. And it makes the, sh- the seat shake. It sounds an alarm. It really says sit up and pay attention. Uh, I-, I thought yeah. that was actually quite good. Uh, yeah. I feel much, much safer in that. Uh, but I have to say, I've been testing Tesla the, you know, the thing
2: it. where now the Tesla will stop at stop signs and, and, and lights, and it has yet to fail. I mean, See, I, but that's I've the tested, key. You know, it's the one time that it me. runs that light or runs that stop yeah. sign, and you
0: get T-boned that you really wish you had paid more attention.
2: <laughs> On the other hand, have I ever run a red light? Have I ever well, run well, a stop that's sign? true. No? Uh, that's the other issue.
0: Good <laughs> point. Good yeah. point. Um yeah. I think maybe Tesla made a little error calling it autopilot. Yes,
2: or full self driving is even worse.
0: Yeah, and really yeah. should emphasize. I think they do. I've had I was my Tesla used to scold me. It would actually you know what
2: gets me mad, and I don't know how it works. because I know you leased a Tesla. Yeah, so for I three own years. Yeah, Tesla, and I own my I own my autopilot or full self driving. And if I to if I were to go out and buy a new Tesla, which I'm tempted to do. I wouldn't get to take the software with me, unlike right. Microsoft Office, right. which I can move from computer to computer. And so yeah. that software it stays with the car, stays with the car, which I think is the most absurd business model. Well, does it stay you know? with the car though? If somebody
0: buys that, that car it, from you, I don't think he gets it. No, they, if they, they, they buy it from me, they get they it. Do. If
2: yeah. I sell it to Tesla and Tesla resells it, it's up to them to decide. But the point is that I'd be tempted to buy a, a newer Tesla, but there'd be an additional ten thousand dollar charge. Yeah over and above the difference in the value of my used version and the new hardware so well they are me, saying
1: that starting in q2 that they're yeah. uh, they're going to offer it as a as a subscription service right, right? which, which probably sense. estimated like 200 dollars a month and at that point then you know you sell the car it doesn't go with the car and you right. get a new tesla you know you just keep paying it that service could also be um, yeah, there, there could be some other features that go with the, the service. I think they're calling it Tesla Connect or there, there's it's not official yet. Yeah. But, but um, as usual, but yeah.
2: he will stick it to his early adapters, the people who made him what he is by not giving us the benefit of that great new option. So those of us who spent <laughs> between five and ten thousand, depending on when you bought it aren't going to get the benefit of that if you
0: really cared you just you still have the give them the money you
1: still have the value of it though <laughs> like you like you said when you yeah. sell it i mean it is a ten thousand dollar option that goes with the vehicle That's true. and it does increase you don't the get, get, to get to take the tires either yeah.
2: right yeah I not I booked it dollars in
1: resale value. Uh, true, yeah. for sure. Um but but the car too, you know, those vehicles are likely to go some of these Teslas are going 300 400 500,000 yeah. miles. Yeah. You know, you you keep it for as long as that Tesla, you know, as long as it goes. If you kept that car for 10 years, you know, you still have the software as, as for the whole length of that. You know, that's going to be less than what you would pay for the the, you know, rental fee essentially if you did the
2: the subscription. I'm um, just saying, just saying. And 10 years from now, I'm going to need a self-driving car because I'm going to be really old. Well, that's so, you know, that's old. what I'm hoping. Yeah. yeah. It'll drive
0: me to the nursing home. That's right. One-way trip. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, could, you, I could go on and on about Elon. He's uh, getting sued by uh, investors uh, for tweeting.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Even though uh, the SEC said, stop <laughs> tweeting. I wonder if the SEC might go after him uh for that and then there is a report that uh, remember Elon did not believe that COVID-19 should shut down his Tesla plant in Fremont he opened it in violation of local regulations and apparently now we're mm-hmm. learning there were hundreds of cases as a result uh of Tesla workers who um came back to work had to come back to work I guess
2: my biggest, my only real regret about buying a Tesla is that I'm feeding Elon because I think the guy's kind of a jerk. I mean, right, but he he's kind of cool too. Way. You know, he's, he's not- kind of cool, but he, he's he's a little like Steve Jobs on steroids. I mean, Steve Jobs was an amazing, brilliant, incredible guy, but you wouldn't want to work for him. Yeah, um, and, very similar. Musk is yeah similar, but probably probably worse in some ways. I don't know. This I morning,
0: like this morning he launched that Falcon Nine, put sixty more uh, Starlink satellites up. Starlink is getting close. Uh, About 1,000 satellites have been deployed. They need 1,200 to uh, do the preliminary first uh, round, which means it'll probably be turned on soon. And, oh, yeah, by the way, the Falcon 9 booster came back to the, of course, I love you barge and landed perfectly, stuck it, which makes this the ninth time it's been used, um, which is pretty amazing. It has changed the economics of uh, space launches. Mm. Um so starlink is any, anybody sign up for the starlink yet I know i' know a lot of people who have' no. i haven 't
3: no, but it's be testing it yeah, yeah, I was just going to say it sounds uh, really uh interesting for you know a lot of folks in rural areas you know i, I speak to you know a, a lot of our readers are not in New York or San Francisco or right. these kind of big urban cities right and I remember I was working on a magazine story maybe it was a year ago maybe two two years ago I, sp- I spoke to a woman in Michigan uh she doesn't have internet at in her home it does. it doesn't exist uh you know she lives it's a beautiful location she, she said she was on a lake and you know, map, that's the gorgeous. trade that's the uh, trade but if you she make. wanted yep. to get like to send an email she would have to drive to oh, you geez. know some local like bar or restaurant oh, oh, that's terrible. to get good enough reception <laughs> so it's like that's what it is for maybe not that extreme but there are a lot of places in this country where the internet is not particularly good right uh and so if, you know programs uh companies like Starlink, that's uh, actually kind of interesting. I don't know. You know, we'll see. I haven't tried. You know, CR has not tested it, to be clear. Uh, But it sounds interesting and it sounds like it may fill a need that clearly a lot of folks have. It's also expensive. And and, uh,
0: I, I guess this is a first world issue because one of the visions of Starlink is to not only bring internet to that woman in Michigan who maybe can afford $499 for the satellite and $99 a month for the service, but also to bring it to corners of the world where internet isn't available and there's not that yeah. much money. I'm hoping that they'll let uh, the rich nations subsidize the poorer nations because I think one of the visions for Starlink is to bring internet everywhere, right? I would yeah. hope. Yeah, and there will be economies of
1: scale and also even, you know, what, what's what essentially in here is one connection to potentially one house, you know, there in, in, in some of those places when you're going from that's zero, true. a town
0: could buy a dish. Yeah, it. exactly. Yeah. You'll, yeah.
1: you'll have a town or a village and they'll split it 10 ways or, you know, 20 ways or whatever. And at least if you have even a basic connection, um, that that's an upgrade. And then over time, you know, as, as the technology scales and the bandwidth scales, then there, there's lots of potential there. When, it's not when, just Tesla, or sorry, not just Starlink doing it, um, SpaceX. But there, there are two or three others that are that are going to be competing as well. Um, so that's
0: that's a good thing. When are you going to review it?
1: Um, TBD. It's in it's in process. Like we don't Ooh. actually have it yet, but mm-hmm. we've got somebody who's who's getting it. And uh, yeah, I, but you can see. Um, obviously, I, I want everyone to look at CNET's review. Um, I you know I'm biased and think it's going to be extremely comprehensive and helpful, but, but you can go on YouTube and there's a, you know, a a lot of people who have shared their experiences with it. So if you, if you want to get a first look at some of those, um, you absolutely can, uh, take a look at, uh, you know, half a dozen, a dozen videos of, of different people and their
0: experiences. They say, I can order it now. It will come by mid to late 2021. It's not cheap. Four ninety nine a month for the four ninety nine wow. for the hardware, ninety nine dollars a month for the service. They even have the nerve to charge me fifty dollars for shipping <laughs> and handling. I'd have to give them ninety nine bucks now to get into the uh, into the program. I might do that. That's refundable. Kind of like ordering a Tesla. It's it's interesting. Similar model. It's very similar. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is refundable. So you know, just like the Tesla, you could. I he still has my. Uh, I should get my money back for the uh, Model Three deposit I put down a couple of years ago. <laughs> <laughs> probably, probably not going to buy it at this point. All right, I might. I think I should order it because I think we should review it. I mean, I presume uh, am I going to have to contract for a year or something, or can I just turn it off after a month or two? I don't know. I'll have to figure. Can it out
2: you out. move it? Like, let's say you move. Let's say you had a vacation house in the boonies. Yeah, you should you, be able could to you move take it, it right? with you. I would hope so.
1: Yeah. I think so. Yeah. I mean,
2: they're talking about eventually they're
1: going to probably build the um, satellite into potentially um, and potentially into like the um, the Tesla semi, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. so that and also even they mentioned um, they mentioned airplanes and boats. Uh, as is also possible to to have this right so so those are things that that move they still think in cities um they've said this recently they still think in cities that it's going to make more sense for people to use the cellular network oh right, interesting for, for
0: mobile so broadband. it really is best for people who just like that michigan lady just really don't have yeah. a choice or have such bad internet because they're so far off the grid that uh, no. yeah
3: no i agree there there just appear to be a, a lot real of kind of th- thirst or or for, for, you know, it's not just like internet connection. Oh, I could, I could, you know, watch funny cat videos, which is fine, whatever. Uh, But like how much of culture is now just coming through the internet? You know, you can't, you can't watch Netflix. You can't do HBO max. You can't, uh, you know, live stream the show. Uh, It's like so much of, of, you know, compared to 15 years ago, you didn't, you know, if you didn't have a broadband connection, it wasn't necessarily that big of a deal. But today, it feels way more critical uh, to just be kept in the loop of what's going on and to, like, participate in society, to have a reliable, you know, this is that digital divide, which Consumer Reports covers very closely. It's like folks are getting left behind uh, through no fault of their own, uh, and that's and that's bad, you know, not to – obviously not to endorse Starlink. You know, I, we haven't tested it. I don't have it. I've seen a YouTube video on it. The guy seemed – you know, fairly, uh, satisfied with it. But like services like that, uh, may, uh, you know, may be just what folks are looking for. It may be the federal government
0: needs to subsidize it like they did, uh, universal access uh, to electricity yes. in the, in the thirties with the TVA and other, uh, things. The house, uh, and, uh, Senate, uh, unveiled a new $94 billion proposal this week to make broadband internet more accessible and affordable nationwide. um, really to address that issue of people who are off the, off the grid, off the internet, yeah. uh, and who can't participate in a, in a modern economy, yeah. who can't, you know, get work, who, who can't learn the information they need to be, uh, good voters, all of that stuff. It's called the accessible, affordable internet for all act. It will of course, you know, be heavily debated. It's a significant investment, but I think it's the kind of investment that may make a big difference.
2: It's the modern-day Tennessee Valley Authority, you know, which electrified rural America exactly. long after yeah. urban America was electrified. Yeah. You know, so. We've needed that for a long time. Yeah. Well,
0: all right, you caught, you talked me into it. I just ordered Starlink, so we'll see. <laughs> I, I realized, you know, you're right, Jason. you got to review it. We, I mean, people, there's going to be, once these start rolling out, yep. there's going to be vast interest. I don't need it. I get gigabit from Comcast at home. Uh, we get 10 gigabits from Sonic here. So I don't, I'm really not going to... Benefit, but I think we should review it. We should take a look at it uh, and set it up. So I'll order it. It's part of our job. Cool. Our show today. Get you on your boat. I'll put it. Well, that's why I really want it mm. I, <laughs> on your yacht. I'm. You know. Yeah. No. I. You know what I want? I want a suitcase size Starlink that I can carry around. So if as I'm traveling, I could still do the shows. That kind of thing. Ooh. If if you know, wouldn't that be awesome? Yeah. Yeah. That's my dream. Then I'll never retire. As long as I could do this, you know, from Morocco or the Maldives or the Seychelles, <laughs> I would be happy. I'll be happy. I don't I could go to Barbados. Actually, we have a friend, one of our sponsors, uh, who spent the last 6 months in Barbados. Uh, because you know, they have that visa that where you yes, you could be you could do that. your business from Barbados. He loved it. I asked him, "Well, the bandwidth cuz I need to have I need to have good enough bandwidth to not only do the show, but have a green screen behind me so nobody would know that I'm in Barbados. And he said, oh, the bandwidth's better than at home. This guy works for a big bandwidth company. He knows. He said the bandwidth was fantastic. They have fiber to the island, and I guess they're affluent enough that they have very, very good internet. My only concern right, you, is if you saw me on a beach doing the show, you might not you might not feel too happy. <laughs> I've seen you in a Hawaiian shirt.
2: I, I know what you look like. I in, could I could Hawaiian
0: wear a Hawaiian shirt. shirt. I could yeah, be on the worn, beach right worn now. Worn you, now. you don't know. I may be wearing a suit on the beach. And, could, it you know, could be a filter. It's all it a filter. It's a it green screen. For all we know. I mean, for all we know, Nicholas doesn't have bricks behind him. You just don't know. That's part so, of the, the someday mystique gonna, of it we're all. We're going to
1: Someday we're gonna dial into this show, you know, as a guest. And it's like it's gonna look just like it is now. But Leo's gonna say this episode brought to you by the Costa Rican, you know, Better Business Bureau, and then we're gonna know, like, okay, he's not even there.
0: Hello, man. He's it's time actually. for Kong Frita, everybody, while we do this weekend take. Our show today brought to you by ExpressVPN. Hey, even if I'm here, I can pretend I'm in Barbados right. or London if I want to watch Netflix UK or Tokyo if I want to watch Netflix Japan. I, I this is absolutely shocking but it is completely legal for internet service providers to gather every bit of what you're doing online and sell it to marketers. T-Mobile just announced a change in their privacy policy saying they were going to do exactly that. Whether it's a a, a mobile carrier or your home internet You're being spied on. And as we now know, incognito mode does not hide your activity from them. It just hides it from your spouse or your nosy roommate. So no matter what you're doing or how often you clear your browsing history, your internet provider can see every single site you visit. They can see every search you do. That's why when you're at home, when you probably should use ExpressVPN. Never go online without ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN is very easy to do. There are routers. You can put ExpressVPN on routers. They support many routers. You can put it on any machine. You can put it on your phone. You could even put it on your smart television. What ExpressVPN does is it hides your IP address. In a sense, instead of using your IP address, you're using ExpressVPN's IP address. So if you do a Google search, Google doesn't know it's you. They just know it's coming from that IP address. That's not you. It doesn't matter if you get your internet from Verizon or Comcast or any other local ISP, it's completely legal in the U.S. for them to gather and sell your information to advertisers.
2: Leo, if I could just make one caution. If you order pizza and you're logged in through London, make sure you get a pizza place. <laughs> <laughs> it's just... <laughs> Give them the proper address. Don't have your pizza delivered to Trafalgar Square. That won't do you any good. It's really fun to do Google searches when, when Express – because I have ExpressVPN. When I, I tell it I'm in another country and I do a Google search – I get a whole different result than I get when I do it from Oh, it's
0: actually very interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And by the way, it's really important. I'm glad to hear you have ExpressVPN because what people – sure, any VPN will do this. The problem is the private – you're just kicking the privacy can down the road. The VPN now sees everything that that Comcast saw or Google saw. Mm -hmm. So you really want to make sure you use a VPN provider that doesn't log, doesn't track you, and ExpressVPN actually goes the extra mile, not only – not to log you, but to, to make it impossible to log you. They use a, a trusted server technology that when you go to ExpressVPN, when you push that button that turns it on, it spins up the, the VPN server in RAM. It's sandboxed. It cannot write to disk. And as soon as you log off, it's gone. And literally no trace, no trace at all of what you just did online exists. It's gone forever. They don't know it. No one can know it. It's not free. They invest. It's reasonable. Seven bucks a month, thereabouts. But they invest in their bandwidth, in their servers, and that's why you can watch Netflix in the UK because it's fast enough, you won't even know you're using it, and you're able to watch HD video. Even on your smart TV, you can use ExpressVPN to protect I truthfully... If you have a smart TV, you really need ExpressVPN because if you think your ISP is bad, your your smart TV vendor is far, far worse. They know everything you're doing on that television. Protect your online activity today. Get the VPN CNET rates number one, wired rates number one. The one I use, the only one I recommend, the one Larry uses, expressvpn.com slash twit. We've got a good deal for you. When you buy a one-year package, you'll get three extra months free. Protect your privacy, uh, eliminate geographic restrictions, protect yourself against people snooping on you. It's ExpressVPN. It's the only one I use, expressvpn.com slash twit, expressvpn.com slash
2: twit. I I got it when I was in Turkey because I wanted to access YouTube, and Erdogan was was blocking YouTube at the time, so it's great. And you've used it ever since. That's awesome. Yeah, I know. And, of course, whenever I travel, especially if I'm in Russia or Turkey or China – uh, if if I'm allowed to use a VPN, which I think so far I've been able to. Oh, that's uh, interesting. That's, you that's really interesting. want to use it there?
0: Yeah, 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 for a lot of a lot of reasons. Partly because you can't yeah. get anything you want. That's right. You can't go to the places you want. But whatever you do, don't share your Netflix password. Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> the, apparently, emails are going out now. Uh, they want to everybody who doesn't share. The thing is, in the Netflix terms of service, it says you can only share it with people in your household. Well, my kids are in my household. They don't live with me anymore, but they're still my kids. So that's the question. What is household? Um, They are now sending out emails. They're letting people know, if you don't live with the owner of this account, you need your own account to keep watching. And you'll need to verify it with an email or an SMS text message. Otherwise, if you want to watch, this is, this is a test, Netflix says. Um, I imagine they're going to wait and see how, my, how many screams of pain. Uh, a Netflix person told thestreamable.com, this test is designed to help ensure people using Netflix are authorized to do so. It still isn't clear if users in the test all need to have the same IP address to be in the same household. And I'm not sure what they would do if you were using a VPN IP address.
2: You'll have to let me know. They they might block you.
0: They've been very good in the past. I mean, one of the reasons I use Netflix as an example, I actually inquired because I thought, well, I don't want to recommend something Netflix is against. They said, no, if you have a subscription, if you're paying for Netflix, you can use Netflix Japan with a VPN. That's fine. You pay for it. The only reason they say we don't recommend it is because the video quality won't
2: be so good. But they say it's not against the rules. You know, I'm in the same situation you are. I have adult kids, and they live in their own their own places. But and I think if they were to take away that ability, and we actually pay more, we, we pay more to Netflix for the ability, right. to four people log on at once. Exactly. I have a premium and, plan for that very reason, so they can you all know, watch. Enough, there are enough competitors out there that if they start messing around with people, yeah, I think people are just going to you know go off to HBO Max or Hulu or you know there's a ton of places now. they, they no longer have the monopoly on streaming.
0: And I think Netflix has said for a long time, it doesn't cost us that much. The password sharing is not hurting us. Now, maybe it's starting to. Uh, according to uh, research firm Magid, no relations. He says yeah. Magid, you say Magid? I
2: say Magid. You say they Magid? They stole it from me.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Are and you a I, relation?
2: I'm, hoping the, blockchain, Do you I'm hoping know? the blockchain would protect the word Magid. For only- <laughs> you <laughs> need
0: to have an NFT. <laughs> yeah. Magid measured that 35% of millennials share passwords for streaming. 35%.
3: That seems low. That frankly. seems low. As I of, think maggie millennial. got some. Yes,
0: I agree. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You are
3: on the, you are a millennial, aren't you, Nicholas? You're right on the edge. I think I'm right in the, uh, I I just turned 35, so I think I am like kind of middle of the road, average millennial.
0: I've always yeah. heard that uh, that it's Mark Zuckerberg, who is 36. Yeah, is he, yeah is he's the, ed, he's the borderline. So if you're older than Mark, you're out. <laughs> If you're Mark's age are, or younger, you're in <laughs> they they did some research and they
1: discovered there are three millennials in America who are playing who are actually paying for Netflix. That's probably more year. like
0: it yes, <laughs> I would guess. Um,
1: yeah I, I can I can say that I don't know any millennial that actually pays for it, but no. you know it's a, it's it's a i'm a test group of one, but, but I think that <laughs> part of it is they, they will, they will eventually over time, right. As, as, as it, it's one of the, it's like people were saying that, Oh, Oh, how the housing market is over. Millennials aren't going to buy houses. Well, you know, it's just, an, you know, that they aged into it. It is, it's fine. Now it's like the housing market is roaring because so many millennials are buying houses. Right. And so it is an opportunity though. I, I really like what Larry was saying about it's an opportunity for some of the other um, places to say, like, look, you want to share with your family and and uh, you guys are in different places. Go for it. Who cares? Pay us the extra family plan. And we're we're happy to let you do it. Well, that's what
0: Apple does.
2: That's what Apple does. That's what Google does. if a hundred people are using your, your sure that's. I mean, there should be some reasonable yeah. number where they yeah. look the other way. But but
0: that's the, but that's one way that they enforce that by saying, well, you can only have four streams at a time. So if hundred yeah. people so, are using it, you're not going to be able to watch your Netflix. You're going right. to pretty so, quickly you know, change the share, password. Change your password. Yeah, <laughs>
2: absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but
0: yeah,
2: they, I
0: think one way that millennials can afford it is by buying stonks. That's the key. <laughs> Get into the stonk market. Uh, i'm sure a few millennials bought roblox when they went public this oh week, and if they sharp. did they did okay thirty eight billion dollar market cap this is uh their first you know this is their public offering they were valued in the private market in january at twenty nine point five billion so this is a pretty big jump the stock closed at sixty nine fifty um i don't you know i don't know roblox i don't know any kids that age no. but boy the, the ki- it's, it's it's like digital legos yeah know, kind of thing if
1: you um, go to
2: connectsafe.org you can read our parents guide uh, oh to roblox they're one of our supporters nice and they're okay. a great company i mean we we really enjoyed nice. working with them i wish uh instead of getting a grant i got some stock in the company instead yeah no kidding but- but no, they're you know they work really hard and they
0: and, uh, and they market it well and they give kids lots of opportunities to spend more money.
2: Oh yeah, Roblox, Robux, they call Robux. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I think and we have need to think about how to these keep your kid safe on Roblox, okay. which is you know what That's parents good. worry about.
0: Yeah,
2: so with those investments, it's a little, it's a little
1: deceiving right the way a lot of these work especially SPACs um a lot of these companies that are going and and Roblox Roblox is a good solid company I think it's a long term you know if you're an investor it's probably a good it's a good thing but you know these companies now that are especially high profile um have high profile consumer products they come to market um the people who were the insiders who, who paid for the stock and got it at a reasonable price, they make a lot of money because as soon as it hits the market, the stock goes way up. And then almost always in the first year, it drops off by like 20%, right? Well, this so, might really
0: happen this year because Roblox benefited hugely from COVID because all those yeah. kids were home with nothing to do. So yeah. users were, you know, through the roof. I wonder what's going to happen Actually, uh, who was it that wrote an article about – was it you, Larry? About what's when COVID ends, what, what the world's going to look yes. like?
2: Yeah, I have a piece in the Mercury News this week yeah. about what the world's going to look like. And one of the comments I made – I think we talked about this earlier – is that television will never be the same. I mean what we're doing now remotely being interviewed by you is going is common – Newly common it's for the so networks. so funny.
0: When this first started, I mean, we're now exactly a year. This is a one-year anniversary of locking down. Right. And, yeah. uh, you know, all the news channels started doing what we do, what we've done for 15 yep. years. And it was right. hysterical for me to watch their learning curve progress as ours did. You know, don't let them use those Apple headphones. Oh, I can hear the <laughs> screeching. You know, oh, my God, the guy's off mic. He's muted. All of that stuff. It was really fun to watch. But they've got it down now pretty well. There's no reason to go back to anything else.
2: No, I don't think yeah. so. I think there's a lot of examples where, you know, I'm hoping that restaurant deliveries continue to do okay. I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to going back to restaurants.
0: I hope there's some restaurants still.
2: Left to go to. Left to go to. Um, I had never had groceries delivered before the pandemic, and that's the only way we get groceries I now. I know. That's you not going to change, is it? Yeah. And I think I'm going to probably continue doing that, you know, yeah. to some extent. Yeah. So there are elements that will stay that will stay with us and and maybe roblox
0: will be one of them maybe the kids Probably. will continue to to play once Oh they...
2: also telemedicine I have been to my doctor several times this year without actually being to my doctor yeah and it's actually been a better experience and I I was telling you earlier you know I got to, I can do my own EKG I can do my own blood pressure uh pretty soon uh, supposedly Apple's going to do blood glucose over your watch I mean just don't uh, do so your I own should... surgery at home okay yeah, yeah. I try to avoid that. <laughs> okay, Larry. Now hold the scalpel at a slight angle. My wife does do my hair cutting. So oh yeah, see, we're getting close. You it's, see, it's it's, it's baby steps. Yeah.
1: Baby They'll steps. They'll just send a robot to Larry's house, a, a robot surgeon, <laughs> yes. and then yes. somebody with yes. you know AR will actually perform the surgery. That may actually ha-
0: that may yeah. not be so far off. We can crowdsource it. See, so, you know, see, so he'll give you the best deal on it. You know? One of those little Amazon <laughs> delivery things will trundle up to your doorstep, say, "Pick me up, bring me in. I'm going to do the surgery."
1: that'll be a future feature you buy one of these amazon robots and it's like now now doing surgeries so if you need a surgery your amazon home wow. robot will actually do wow. it you just contract with the doctor you know in minnesota to it, it, take it's care a great of
0: it. topic we've talked a lot about it on various shows cuz you know this is there's going to be a new normal but i do think one thing that's going to happen i'm pre, i'm now convinced cuz we were already seeing people do it prematurely is people can't wait to go to restaurants, to go to concerts, to just go to a bar and hang out, to breathe yeah. on each other—they just can't wait to do that. And I do think that there'll be this kind of this summer might be kind of crazy.
2: I got my second shot a week ago, so technically in a week from now I'm as immune as I'll ever be. But I'm going to take baby. My b- biggest baby st- step is I'm going to go grocery shopping next weekend. Woohoo! And, and I
4: haven't—I haven't been here. Party!
2: Party on aisle six. I'll probably wear <laughs> three masks you know, but and, and gloves, but I'll I'll go grocery shopping. Uh, I, I think
0: you're right. Tech, as you write in the Mercury News, will become the new normal after getting us through a tough year. Here's some good news we can end the show with. The University uh, at Buffalo has created a deep fake spotting tool that is 94% effective with portrait-style photos. People have been very worried about deep fakes. I, saw, I, just, I just saw a, uh, a a mom got arrested for creating deep fakes of other members of the cheerleading squad to help her daughter get on the cheerleading squad. And I thought, oh, this has become way too common. Now we got a problem. But this tool apparently is very effective um, because... It looks at the light uh, in the eye. The Anything that's coming to the eye with the light emitting from these sources will have an image on the cornea. So if you compare the two eyes, they should have very similar reflective patterns because they're the same, seeing the same things. And this artificial intelligence has been able to, by looking at the eyes, figure out if it's real or a deep fake. 94% effective. Good news, I guess.
2: Except for now that we know how it operates, can people then gain? Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> of
0: course. No. Oh well, never mind. Never mind. No. It was, seemed like a good, seemed like a good yeah. high, high story to end on. But you've just ruined it. Sorry. Ruined it. <laughs> uh, I want to thank you all for uh, joining us. What a fun show, Nicholas! It's great to have you. Now that you've been here, please come back. CU says it's okay, right? Yes, they do. Okay. Uh, it- Thank you. Yeah, I'm happy to come back whenever whenever you'll have me. I just paid my whatever it is. It used to be 20 bucks. I think it's gone up for um, $30 I'm now. Not sure. What a deal. Yeah. That's the best deal ever for Consumer Reports. And uh, I don't buy anything without looking it up. I'm like, in fact, my wife thinks I'm, you know, okay, go <laughs> check Consumer Reports. I, I refuse. Well, I refuse to buy anything without, uh, without uh, reading Consumer Reports. There's a lot of actually free content. Do they make your content free or not?
3: I, uh, I think in. the bulk of uh, the so I think the bulk of my stories on the website are free. Yeah, uh that's good. But yeah, I, I think the rating the, the ratings are behind the the paywalls. Yeah, so I think what that's the right. Phone score was or whatever that you have to pay for, or if, you know, printer, or or, sort of or
0: case just case. ask so me. I'll like, share my password with you.
3: Yeah, yeah. Okay, there you go.
0: <laughs> I don't know what our rules are regarding password. <laughs> I'm sure it's videos. not encouraged. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, I've, for, i so love it. And I was sincere when I said that it was a very much an inspiration, uh, when I started twit, uh, on how I wanted to handle reviews and how I wanted to, you know, uh, have this, you know, church and state. Um, we originally, when we started twit, we didn't want to take advertisers at all. Um, who knows, maybe we'll go back to some sort of, uh, you know, supported thing. I would, I would love to do it that way and consumer unions obviously figured out how to do it they've been around for a long time now
3: like a hundred, yeah very like a, yeah. i say like 100 years It's it's been a long time are you don't work in the did you get to work in the testing lab or no yeah the, the testing lab is in the the main campus is in like i said it's in yonkers new york which is a little bit north of new york city uh everything except the cars the cars are done out of connecticut uh somewhere right uh, but everything else is done in the yonkers facility that's awesome uh, you know, what do you do with the uh, stuff after smart smart you test speakers? it? Do you
2: sell it to the staff, or who yeah? What it? happens
0: to like if so? You buy exactly. you actually buy the car to review it. You ju- you sell it off to Correct. the staff. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Thank you Fair so enough. much for being here. Come back again, Nicholas DeLeon.
2: Nice meeting you, Nicholas.
0: Yeah, he's great, isn't he? Senior technology yeah,
3: reporter, likewise.
0: electronics reporter for a consumer. Younger than my daughter. Reports. But, uh, that's another story. <laughs> Shows how old I am. Everybody's younger than your daughter, Larry. Larry Maggot, he's, he's the old man in tech. Connectsafely.org. He's got JFK's autograph at Larry Maggot. Actually, I'm so jealous. That, that bumper sticker is awesome. Yeah. That is awesome. Thank you for being here, Larry. org is a great place to go for parents to understand what's going on in the Internet and how to protect their young children there. You've got some really good resources, including, that's cool, that Roblox, how to use Roblox yeah. safely. That's really good. I think a lot of parents look at Roblox say, that's cool, but I don't know anything about it. So uh, it's nice. We will educate you. Family Guide to Parental Controls. Tips to Remember and Manage Passwords. There it is. Parents Guide to Roblox. Uh, really cool really cool ConnectSafely.org. thank you larry and of thank course you. jason heiner the man who elected me president of the internet thank you so much i couldn't have done it without you my friend editorial director <laughs> at cnet now and uh and a long time regular on the show it's great to see you have a wonderful week anything you're working on that you want to share with us Oh, well, we have a a little mini package coming up this week on
1: CNET, uh, talking about it's been a year obviously since the, um, since the shutdown, since, uh, we all went home. Um, so, you know, good, good stuff. We'll talk about zoom anxiety in, in that series. We'll talk about, uh, the way services have, have revolutionized so many different, um, things as we've talked about on the show today. So yeah, come and check that out this week on CNET and, uh, Otherwise, you know, we're we're covering all the stuff that everybody cares the most about in terms of uh, consumer technology. So it's it's been a uh, <clears throat> a year where a lot of people have put a lot more um, a lot more faith and had to put a lot more faith in tech. And so it's been really interesting. It's been really uh, a fascinating year. And I'm sure that uh, so many things have been changed uh, uh, for the future as well and accelerated. So. It's going to be interesting to watch this year as as we do go back to to in person to see which things stick around and which things continue to 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 yeah put the put the pedal
0: to the metal. You're right, you're right. And I didn't mention this, but uh, I will mention it for Nicholas. Uh, his latest uh, uh, in Consumer Reports is optimize your Wi-Fi networking for working at home. That is very useful, and is I believe that that's free, even if you're not a CU subscriber is it I believe so i'm logged in so i i should i can't really tell anyway thanks to all three thanks. of you i really appreciate it we do twit uh, every sunday afternoon i hope you found us uh, if you're watching live and you didn't come an hour late because of course in the u.s we've sprung forward we're now on uh, daylight saving time um that means we do the show well it's still 2 30 pacific It's still 5.30 Eastern, but it's now 21.30 UTC. UTC didn't move, we did. 21.30 UTC. If you want to watch live uh, or listen live, there's a stream at twit.tv slash live. You can also join us in the chat room if you're watching or listening live. They're live too, believe it or not, at irc.twit.tv. On-demand versions of this show and everything we do on the uh, podcast network are available at twit.tv. Our website... Uh, You can also, uh, of course, go to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash twit. There's links there to all the shows. Every show has its own YouTube, dedicated YouTube channel. You can also, uh, of course, find us by getting a podcast application. Uh, Subscribe. That's a good page, too. That's all the sponsors, but that's not the one I was thinking of. You subscribe and that way you'll get it automatically. And if you do have a podcast platform that allows reviews, do me a favor and leave us a review so other people know to listen to the show. We really appreciate it. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time. Another twitch. Easy McCann. on the twitch. Do on the twitch.